What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Batman News Weekly, episode 51. We are almost at that year mark. It is crazy. Time has flown, but 2020 has felt like five years. Jesus, because... yes, it has. Because, <laughs> <laughs> damn. And, like, it's still, it's funny because we were talking about movies today. And I still can't believe the last movie I saw in theaters was fucking Bloodshot. Bloodshot, Jesus! <laughs> and it's all your that fault. Was Birds of Prey. All your fault. Oh my god! Like it's at least they were comic book movies. No, whose I... fault that was was Vin Diesel's. Whoever sold the property <laughs> to Vin Diesel and said he would be a good oh Bloodshot was that's their fault. Um, but uh, I went to go support Isa Gonzalez. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, we're we're coming up on a year. Next week we will have our year episode. Can't say that anything special is going to happen. Well, <laughs> but... I, I will say I think it helps a lot that on the year anniversary we at least have a Batman title to yeah. talk about. So yeah. we'll that'll see. that'll be fun to talk. Yeah. So that'll be pretty cool. I don't know if are we getting anything besides Batman and Detective? Like any new um... series? We will get issue number two of Dead Planet. That's basically it. Okay. So, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Because, um, yeah, that last one, I don't know. Why do I feel like I just, because we got that stupid one shot from that Harley book that I'm just like, dude, let's like end that series already. Um, yeah. I just want to end that. We got that stupid one shot. Because I don't know if that one artist is still just taking forever to draw or what the Oh, yeah, Mike Mayhew. Yeah. yeah. So... Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, so on this podcast today, also apologies if it sounds different. I'm in the process of changing up my streaming room, and I have nothing on the walls, so it might sound very echoey. Uh, something I learned uh, recently while streaming. I was like, it sounds really loud in here, but I took down every freaking frame I've ever had in this room. So now it's just sound <laughs> bouncing off the walls. So I apologize if the audio is kind of crap. But uh, yeah, so on today's episode, we are going to be talking about some Tom King drama. As much as I love the man, I will call him out if he does something bad. So we're going to talk about some Tom King drama. We got a lot of comic books. We're going to be talking about a lot of the Gotham Knights digital first. We do have Suicide Squad and a short uh, Batman story from a summer of, not not a summer event, but like a summer issue. Yeah, they usually have these like really like uh, seasonal uh, themed books. Uh, They'll usually have a summer one. They'll have a winter one, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes they'll come out with the spring, but they'll usually throw it here during the summer as well. Yeah. So those those are usually really fun. Uh, this one didn't look really exciting as no. far as the titles and the characters involved, uh, but we did see that there was a Batman book, so yeah, we so wanted to talk about it. We'll be talking about that, and then we will be talking about the news that has come out of Justice Con, which if you guys had no idea what that was... It was basically kind of like, uh, I mean, you say it, you know more about it than I do. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was basically a fan event. It was, it was not a professional, you know, thing at all. It was uh, three individuals that uh, are a big part of the uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League like fandom on mm-hmm. on Twitter and just all over the internet. Uh, they decided to run this thing. They got some connections. They talked to people. And they did uh, two days of an event. They talked to people like Jay Oliva. They talked to uh, Sean O'Connell. They talked to uh, Clay Enos. They talked to Zack Snyder himself, Ray Fisher, all yeah. sorts of people. And we got some news. We got some drama. And uh, yeah, it, it was pretty fun. 
Yeah, so uh, we'll be talking about that at the end of the podcast. But first, we got to dive into this Tom King drama. If you do not follow him on Twitter, uh, it, this this kind of, you know, as much as I love the man, he did do something that I have come to hate, especially this year. After, if you guys don't know, I do have a TikTok now. <laughs> Make stupid videos. I dropped a stupid <laughs> video today about uh, just one of my favorite creators, stop creating because of cancel culture and unfortunately tom king has become a the word's not victim what would you what is the word he's the uh the accuser of cancel culture i don't know what the proper word is but so what happened here was that um we found out that jay lee who is an artist um clay has made it known that he's not a fan of his style i actually really enjoy his style so uh, he's a very – if you see his artwork, you know who this guy is because he's done a lot of covers in his time. And uh, Tom King came out and said that Jay Lee was basically part of Comicsgate, which was this big drama a few years ago. And a lot of people kind of resorted to, like, alt-right stuff, kind of Nazi, white supremacy kind of stuff. They said they were not big with all the diversity. It's it's a whole thing. There, just and go, a lot of people – also tie misogynistic viewpoints into comicsgate as well yeah and it's like yeah it goes back to this whole marvel milkshake thing it's it's a big stupid thing that happened but it it got a lot of traction back in the days and well uh for some reason uh we found out that jay lee is doing the variant covers for tom king's rorschach that will be coming out later this year and uh they released this first issue uh, variant and i thought it looked pretty cool but tom king came out and said that he let me see if uh i don't know if we have his actual stuff because he has since deleted the tweet he has has since deleted it i don't know if anybody uh you know what i think i know somebody who may have uh screenshotted it so let me see if i can find that as well but But, keep going yeah but essentially he came out and said that he was kind of disappointed that Jay Lee was going to be working on his book because he was somebody that supported Comicsgate and that, you know, Tom King has no he has no power over who does like the variant covers and stuff like that is basically what he said. And well, it was like hours later, I think, hours later. I got came- the tweet. All right, go ahead and say it. So Tom King said today DC put out an alternate cover to Rorschach by Jay Lee who has also done covers for Comicsgate, a hate group. DC does not consult creators on alternate covers. I reached out to them to express my deep disappointment. Far as I'm concerned, this cover to Rorschach number one is the only cover. Yeah, so that is what he said. Now, it is kind of weird because, um, like, what does he mean he did covers? Did he, like, do covers for Ethan Van Skyver? He did do one for Cyberfrog. Oh, okay. So Which then that's... is Ethan Van Skyver's, like, like, I guess, comics gate child that everybody yeah. is, like, donated to, and it still hasn't come out after, like, almost six years now? Yeah, apparently he's getting paid, like, $30,000 a page, pretty much, for that yeah. book, because it made so much money. Yeah. And, um, which is insane. Um, but, so, I... I would love for him, and I'm really hoping he's going to go on Word Balloon and clarify this at some point and just kind of give his side. I know he kind of said he's done with it or whatever, um, but we'll, we'll get into it anyways. So he, he says that, what Clay just said, 
And a lot of people kind of like, yo, like what's going on here? And if I'm not mistaken, do you have the the second he, one? Yeah, he, he then said, uh, so I don't have a timestamp for when the first one came out. But it wasn't very long. Yeah. Uh, and, and he said something else. He said, I spoke to Jay. He's not on Twitter. Didn't know Comicsgate existed and doesn't support hate of any kind. We're all good. Best possible outcome. Yeah, so that's what Tom King writes. And of course, if you, we've talked about it many a times on this podcast, people either love or hate Tom King. So um, I, I will say that I did read a lot of comments that are fans of King that say, like, you should have really did your research before you made that comment and blah, blah, blah. Like, we respect you for saying this, but you shouldn't have tweeted. So it, it even seems his fans, especially me, I'm the same way, he shouldn't have said it. Um, now, I don't know if, if he was just going off that information that he worked with either Ethan Van Sky or whatever, um, or, like, what what his idea was like behind tweeting that you know what i mean like i really don't i, I would love to understand where he's coming i from. think that recently the jay lee Cyberfrog cover had come out so that's mm. probably like fresh on king's mind and because everybody connects Cyberfrog to ethan yeah. van skyver he's just like oh now jay lee is a part of comics gate mm-hmm. one person to you know take off the list of artists that i never want to work with you know yeah uh so this you're absolutely right. Like this was definitely like a, a a a what a scenario where he should have definitely just like stop, mm-hmm. think, research, then action. You yeah, know, for sure. Um. So it didn't it didn't end there because. So if, I mean, I, I know this very well from YouTube. I'm pretty sure Clay knows this very well from just being on Twitter. Cancel culture is a big thing, and it can ruin you in seconds. And, um, you know, Tom King being such a prominent person, he could have easily... The optics don't look good here either, too, because Jay Lee is a Asian man. And so, like, it just never looks good when a white person's calling out an Asian person for something that they didn't do. It comes off as a Karen moment, blah, 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 blah. So it just yep. doesn't look good. And um, what happens is, uh, I'm assuming, because his, if I'm not mistaken, Jay's wife also works in the industry. She is a penciler or something. Along I believe so. So uh, I believe she posted something. Or it was Jay that posted something. But anyways, uh, let's see. So Tom King says, as he's done, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to look for Jay's actual stuff here. Um, Okay, so right here it says, Lee wrote on his Instagram account. He says, I'm writing this because I'm angry. These irresponsible tweets are not harmless. They do not just go away. They have real-world consequences. They can take away your job, your life, your memories. June and I, who is his wife... Uh, we're robbed of a special day, so no, we're not all good. So now he wrote that on Sunday, um, and apparently what he's talking about is his special day was, I believe their dog passed away, so they were like mourning their dog. So they instead of having to mourn their dog or being able to mourn their dog, they had to deal with all this Tom King drama. So that's just really unfortunate because like they were doing nothing, and Tom King kind of just made this big you know, yeah. hubbub over anything. And uh, his wife is a colorist. Uh, June Chung is her name. Yeah. Um, and apparently, let's see, uh, issue for the first time, writing allegations, harmed. Uh, and I guess apparently people were saying stuff to him. 
Um, but because he said he was getting text messages, he was getting voicemails and stuff like that. Yo, like what's going on? Blah blah. Like what's all this stuff about? So that's that was Lee's point of view. So Tom King, I believe, came out on Monday, right? Is this when this dropped? Yes, um, uh, I believe you sent it to me. You actually sent it to me in a text message. Yeah, or it uh, might have been yesterday, actually. So it'd have been Tuesday. Um, so yeah, I believe it was yesterday. As we're recording this, it's Wednesdays, guys. We're probably not hearing this till Friday, but Tuesday of this week. Um, Tom King went ahead and actually wrote this down. I'm going to read it word for word because uh, he did it in one of those like notes pad kind of things. He was like, yeah. Um, uh, as I've also done privately, I'd like to publicly apologize to Jay Lee for my actions a few days ago. I should have talked to Jay before I sent out a tweet about him that put his career at risk. I made a critical mistake and I am profoundly sorry. I do. I will do what I can to repair this with Jay and I will do better in the future. I'm not going to offer expectations or explanations because that sounds like excuses and I'm not going to ask for forgiveness or understanding. I'm just saying uh, I'm, uh, I'm just saying I see what I did and I'm going to try to make up for it. Thank you. I kept the tweets up to this point in order to show that I was hide- I was not hiding my actions. I will take them down now. So that is like it sucks because it's a very double-edged sword, you know, with the whole like I didn't take them down right away because I didn't want to hide my actions because if you do delete something automatically, some people will say that. You know what I mean? Although oh, yeah. I think personally, I would have taken them down immediately, um, you know, and just made my statement. Um, especially even if Jade came out and said later, like, no, we're not okay. Yeah, because, then... I mean, considering how long it took for him to finally make that statement, only because Jade kept getting those threats slash call slash text yeah. slash whatever harassment, basically. Mm-hmm. So more people are trying to okay let me fact check this yeah going to tom king's twitter and still seeing it mm-hmm. and so there that is still fueling more people throughout the three-day process of what this took you know yeah so i can see why this was technically like technically quote unquote the wrong move like yeah. you said he should have just been like okay let me delete this let me make my statement apologizing, let me talk to Jay, apologize to him personally, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, this it 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 kind of it blew up really quick. Yeah, uh it it's pretty huge here. I'm looking at some of the replies. One of the first ones, you should also apologize to Ethan Van Skyver and his fans. Fuck Yikes. him and his fans. So, you Yikes. know what? It is whatever. But you do see Tom Taylor kind of doing like, you know, the fist bump kind of thing or the like, you know, power to you kind of thing somebody yeah, else and, is... and you know unfortunately Comicsgate is kind of like in the news right now not just yeah. for this but te- uh recently dynamite recently did uh some work with i think ethan van skyver and mm-hmm. some other comic skaters and so much so like they wrote like hard contracts for it yeah uh gail simone wrote like a 10 thread tweet basically saying hey i'm quitting and there's nothing you can do about me quitting she quit dynamite yeah oh wow uh so she is not completing her run on the uh the death defying dare uh devil mm-hmm. uh which is a really like old character uh back in like freaking i i can't even remember like yeah. back when comics were like 35 cents or something like that mm-hmm. but uh yeah, Dynamite has a classic characters like so. But I, I will say, 
in her instance, she has mm-hmm. nothing to wor- worry about. She's still like head of Lion Forge, so I yeah. mean, she's not itching for a job at all. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think Comicsgate is so stupid, mm-hmm. and the things that they dabble with. Unfortunately, we live in a city where like all of that is printed. <laughs> yeah, uh, and where most of the drama kind of started. Yeah, which sucks. Uh, just because, yeah, because like, they're that printing company is here, right? Yeah, yeah. Antarctic Press. I was looking into them when I first started to like think about like writing comics. Yeah, I got referred to them when I was looking for artists. So, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, whenever like, because I was like, okay, that can be my, you know, my go-to whenever I'm finished writing my comic or whatever. Yeah. And by the time I like really started to sit down and be serious about my comic. Comicscape became a thing, mm-hmm. and reason being because of that uh, publisher. So yeah, yeah. So you know, as like I said, guys, we we mentioned this on the podcast. We will always like praise writers we love, but we're also gonna call them out on their shit. And like you know, I I absolutely love Tom King's writing. I think he's one of the writers that's doing something different in this space, and he's not scared to you know be political. He's not scared to do something different, and he doesn't just play the fucking hits all the time. That's what I love about him. But he made a critical mistake here. He calls it out himself. He's actually, I think, went a little bit farther than some people might. I think some people might, like, you know, just kind of just blown it on the rug. Yeah, I kind of just act like it's 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 nothing. Yeah, like as, my bad. I, you know, as far as as far as publicly, I'm sure yeah. most people would probably apologize to whoever they wrongly accused. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because fucking manners and yeah. not being rude and shit. But I mean, most people probably would have just been like, oh, that never happened." Yeah. For sure. And I and from seeing how like Tom King is like in his interviews and stuff like that, he's probably like really pissed at himself because he seems to be somebody that really cares about comics, cares about people. And it seems like he just had so much hate towards Comics Gate that he slipped this up and he fucked up. Um, yeah. Not saying that it's OK. And he says it here, too. He says he's like he's not looking for forgiveness. He's not looking for understanding. He knows he fucked up and he's like, I'm going to try to do better now. I don't see what he can do better like i don't know if you can be like look jay like your first artist on my next project if you wanted to be like <laughs> fuck you dude like you know um but then again if it's 12 issues of a tom king book that's like guaranteed money for you so like yeah but know. at the same time I, I feel like unfortunately there is always going to be that sour taste oh in, for sure in in lee's mouth now yeah uh knowing that king kind of just like just like hey you know like off the drop of a dime, yeah. Just like, hey, no, like you're trash yeah. for no reason other yeah. than, and and for it me, sucks. when whenever whenever Tom King said, oh, he didn't know Comicsgate existed, mm-hmm. like I understand not everybody's connected to the comic book world. Yeah, I understand that, but somebody who is an artist, like. You know, we talk about it all the time in the sense of like when we look into artists for our own projects, Mm -hmm. you know, we do research for them. They're probably going to do research on us. Like it's it only makes sense for Jake, like for artists to be like, okay, you want me to write, you know, draw a cover for this book. Mm -hmm. What is this book about? Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, like I just I don't I, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I am playing devil's advocate a little bit, but like 
for me, I'm just like, how did Jay Lee not know yeah. about Ethan Van Skyver and everything that's been going on for the past five years? You know? Yeah, for sure. Like that that is some questionable things there, and maybe that's where Tom King was coming from, you know? Maybe he's like, How do you fucking not know about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know what, that maybe that's a problem. I mean, I don't know. Like, see, it, there's so many different opinions you can go from here because I think Lee had said like the reason why he's not on Twitter or something like that is because he thinks it's like a cesspool. Like it's fucking garbage. Like he doesn't want to be there. And Ain't uh, that the truth. yeah. So like that could be the reason that he didn't find out about it. But at the same time, like when there was this movement that was like shitting on women, shitting on diversity, and you are a diverse person working in the industry and you don't hear about it, that just seems kind of crazy to me. But yeah. you know what? And especially his wife is in the industry. You would think that would affect her somehow. Um, so like yeah, I can I can see that aspect of like how he didn't know that. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't take away from what Tom King did. And so this is a fuck up on Tom King. Uh, it, you know, I do feel like he would be somebody that is going to learn from this. Um, I saw some people kind of trying to like really make this like about race and saying like, oh, crazy uh he just so happened to work for the cia and it was an asian man and i was like come oh out of god here. i was Get like the fuck, fuck out, out of here, here. and um, he, he saw the connection with ethan van skyver that's all he saw yeah and that's and enough to be like fuck that guy yeah for for what ethan van skyver has been pushing as far as his narrative of like you know what comics quote-unquote should be yeah which is complete trash. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I I would not want to anybody who wants to associate with Ethan Van Skyver, I would not want to associate with like at all. Yeah, granted, we have covered his work here on Batman News Weekly uh, when we, especially during the pandemic, but we covered it more for the story. He just happened to be the artist. Yes, and you know, and we, I've said here too that we even had the conversation about the Je the Jeff John stuff. If he came out of stuff, would I still buy three Jokers? Yes, because I like Fabix art. And so, like, you know, there's there's different things here. But, yeah, Ethan Van Skyver just, he's, like, a different fucking level, in my opinion. Yeah, man, when he when he makes, you know, when, I guess he, he brings out the worst people in the comic book fandom. Yeah, for sure. And it's ultimately disgusting. Yeah. And... Just knowing he doesn't do it so often, or at least like I don't see it anymore because I, I don't I don't think I have him blocked, but I just don't see them anymore, and I think mm -hmm. it's more because I think he realized how much money he was wasting. He was buying comics that he absolutely hated yeah. just to tear out pages, crumble them up, and throw them on his bed. Yeah, yeah, it's stupid. Um, but I mean, I guess he was supporting those comics, but uh, either way. The one thing I will say, there is a comment here that I do find interesting because it is to Tom King's like apology. They say, thanks for being vocal about CG being a hate group because it is. I wish everyone in the industry would be the same. So there are people that, yes, Tom King fucked up, but they're like, at least he's talking about it. Like he's a big writer talking about this. Yeah, and I questioned that before. I mean, because there, there has been big voices mm -hmm. such as gail simone she has been a very vocal like and not just like hey they're a hate group mm -hmm. like most I th i'm pretty sure ethan van skyver for a while was like hey everybody go harass gail simone oh yeah probably. and and she was like hey 
go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And she, like, they attempted to troll her, but then she trolled them so hard that they had to block her. Yeah. Like, and that's just how awesome Gail Simone is. But, you know, I just saw, like, literally right before we started recording, um, Ethan Van Skyver is attacking uh, Heather Enos right now. Oh, uh, and, you know, it's it's just like, dude, like, get over yourself. Like, and yeah. get over this whole thing. Like, you're, you're getting paid a shit ton of money to make a really shitty book. Just go ahead and make your shitty book and yeah. stay on your side of the, you know, your side of the room. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, kind of what's going on. We just wanted to cover it because, you know, I don't want anybody to think like, oh, you're just, you know, washing over it because he's your favorite writer or whatever. So, we talk about real shit here and that's it was a big thing it was huge and uh you know what i hope that jay and tom can actually work this out and maybe work together in the future or you know jay will keep doing the covers or whatever um but uh yeah hopefully this mistake can be rectified if not well then you know what you live and you learn um so that's kind of how that is but um yeah so now we're gonna go and jump into some comics we're gonna go from comic drama to comics between the panels and our drama between the panels and uh we're gonna let's just talk about that that quick batman story from the site what is it cybernetic summer yeah Uh, cybernetic summer number one yeah i don't know why they call it number one because there's not gonna be a number two yeah i don't know um but but it's called the limits of control that's what it was called okay yeah but i was gonna say maybe it it could be cybernetic summer next next summer because what if they do nuclear winter number two this year you know dude those were some really cool stories yeah i actually it was dope uh i actually like slept on it but mm-hmm. then like after like two months i randomly found it again uh and at a completely different shop that i was work that i was working from and i mm-hmm. bought two copies nice. so i really liked that book yeah nuclear winner was cool that was the one with damien fighting raish yeah i'm not mistaken and yeah. he he had freaking man bats wings attached to his trench yeah. coat yeah yeah it was it was pretty gangster uh, but anyways, in this cybernetic summer, uh, we see Batman going to space, doing some space shit, and he is going, he, he's noticed this, something. This is the story that Tinian always wanted to write. Yeah. <laughs> is Tinian right that he wrote this? No, no, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, but I'm, remember, you know, because Tinian yeah, did true. that interview about how he always wanted to do, like, a weird and wacky stuff, like yeah, Batman going to space. space, and I'm like, man, you had your opportunity. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say with this... So this is one of those things that you just kind of assume Batman does, and I'm glad they kind of showed it in the comic books. Batman's talking about space junk. He's like, there's all these satellites just around the freaking world that nobody cares about. They're just dead or nobody does anything with. And he noticed that somebody, the Bulgarians, were starting to place, take all of these dead satellites and kind of piece them together. And he thought it was kind of weird because apparently power was changing in Bulgaria. And he was like, why are these things like lumping together? So, of course, Batman being Batman, he's got to go investigate. Flies one of his Batman spaceships out to this freaking satellite. And he goes in there because he has a feeling it might be something he created. And uh, we get the second viewing of one of the best bat suits ever. And that is his freaking bat suit, his mech bat suit from the Court of Owls. And everybody knows that suit. He opens the walls in freaking Court of Owls and says, get that. It actually out of my makes house. it actually makes another appearance, but you never oh, read it, it because you didn't uh, collect Superman. Okay. 
uh, he actually, and it makes sense here that it's mm-hmm. in space because Batman actually in the rebirth continuity of comics mm-hmm. uh, has a bat cave on the moon. Oh yeah. Until they blow it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, but, I remember that. uh, Superman was fighting the eradicator and mm-hmm. Lois wanted to help. And so she actually wore this suit. Oh, I thought she got in a Hellbat suit. Was it the Hellbat? I thought I, it was this one. No, I think it was the Hellbat because people were like, bullshit. There's no Damn way it. she could wear the Hellbat suit. I'm pretty maybe, sure. Maybe it was. I'll have to I'll have to double check. I'll yeah, you can check, check it out right now if you want. Um, I'm pretty sure she got in the Hellbat suit, though. And if people, I want to say people were like, that's fucking bullshit because that'll kill <laughs> Batman. You know what I mean? Like, they they basically, uh, Brian Michael Bendis did. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Saying yeah, she's yeah. one of the greatest people. But I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was the Hellbat suit. Uh, but anyways... So Batman is in this mech suit because apparently, I guess, there's oxygen in that suit. He's able to breathe and stuff like that. And he finds out that his assumptions were right, and it was Brother Eye. So if you guys didn't read Tinian's run, Tinian's run, which a lot of people were like, that was such a great detective run, was when he had this Brother Eye character as the big bad, and it was something that Batman and Tim Drake created to eventually basically control gotham it was an ai that could start learning by itself and just kind of help gotham without you know batman and everybody having to be there well of course as we know in every ai movie we've ever watched it turned bad and uh, because it became self-aware and it's like you humans are doing things wrong and i can do it better and so what brother i was trying to do was it but i guess before it died on earth it sent itself out to all of these satellites and it was trying to collect all these satellites to make itself powerful again and uh, brother i basically had if it gets all these satellites together it would have the power to track everybody from their cell phones track every meta human and basically destroy every threat to humanity there would be and uh batman of course can't allow that so he's ends up he gets in a fight with Brother I. Brother I is able to take over his freaking uh, suit, and this was a crazy thing because Batman ejects himself out of the suit and basically has to hold his breath in space, which I don't know scientifically if you could even do that or if your head just instantly explodes. Um, I know you can't breathe in space, but can you hold your breath? You know, I don't. I don't believe so because like the vacuum of space is so cold. Yeah, I believe like you now guess. that's the that's the only thing that like in it's not technically actual space because he's inside a spaceship. Yeah. Uh, so I think he could technically possibly, you know, I'm it's plausible, the, the, plausible, comic you know, com- plausible, <laughs> comic book possibility. Hold yeah. his breath. Yeah. But he if finds he was, oxygen. If he was legitimately like in the vacuum of space, just yeah. outside of the ship, if he would have ejected, he would have like instant froze. Yeah, so he ends up finding oxygen because, you know, he, they say in the issue that, you know, the people that were on this space station left immediately and they left all their supplies behind. So, of course, Batman finds what he needs and he's fighting Brother Eye in space. Now, the cool thing about this is Brother Eye is basically kicking his ass and he's like, I need to self-destruct the suit, but there's no way I can do it because Brother Eye's controlling it. But there is one person that could. And Batman freaking sends a message to Alfred, who is, I assuming, is vacationing with Leslie Tompkins. I, That's who it looked like. Yeah, so I'm assuming they're vacationing in some tropical resort. He's freaking scuba diving like a badass, and Leslie's like, oh, you're getting a pretty important call over here. 
and uh, we see that Brother Eye is about to like start, you know, killing Batman or whatever, and then you just start hearing this suit self-destruct. And of course, Batman has enough time to get back to his plane, takes off, satellite explodes, um, and then it's back to they're back in the Batcave where Batman is talking to Alfred, and he's like, uh, I think Brother Eye had enough time to escape there, so he could be anywhere. And uh, it kind of ends off with the coffee machine starting and Batman getting like really freaked out. And Alfred's like, hey, I just, it's the automatic thing. And he's like, but is it really? And it just kind of ends the story there. Thinking yeah, like, brother, like, I could be anywhere. It's like, it's super cliche, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you're like, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Like not knowing where he is. And now he has to question everything te- technical, uh, technological. Yeah. I mean, cause that's who Batman is. He mm-hmm. uses tech, you know? Yeah. Now, I did actually uh, find the issue. Mm-hmm. Let me know. Is that the Hellbat suit? That's the Hellbat suit. I'm okay. pretty sure. Because if you notice how it has wings, this uh, yeah. one doesn't have okay. wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. That's You're right. why a lot of people are like, bullshit. Because the <laughs> Hellbat suit would kill like Batman in like 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. You're telling me Lois, who doesn't have any kind of crazy training, can just survive <laughs> in a Hellbat suit? Come on. Uh, but hey, it is, it's comics. You know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, I thought this issue was kind of cool. I will say the eye stuff got really annoying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's just who, yeah, that's who the, brother I is. It's, it's just the way I think it really stuck when they first created him. And mm-hmm. so they're like, shit, we have to do this. It's like every. bizarro. Yeah. yeah. It, it is exactly like that. You know, yeah. for, for me, I can get really, t- I love bizarro. Bizarro is mm. one of my favorite Superman villains, uh, technically anti-heroes now. Yeah. But I, I, which I'm so glad that they've kind of corrected his speech. They've mm-hmm. made it into something that's a little bit more readable. But yeah. back in the day, holy crap, dude, it was a chore. Yeah. Like, especially when there, whenever there was a, like a Bizarro centric title, mm-hmm. it just sucked. Like, yeah. Hardcore. That's how I feel with I love Zatanna, but I hate reading her spells. I'm just like, oh, I gotta well, read this shit backwards. Because the thing is, there's so many people that do it different ways. Yeah. Because like, if there was like a like, hey, you need to write it backwards like this. Because mm-hmm. when you read it, you would assume that if you read it backwards, it would look that way. Yeah. But what, how people do it sometimes they they'll do that sometimes, but. Another way they'll do it is they'll just make each word backwards, but yeah. still in the same order. And it's just like, why? Like, that, that that's not how it's supposed to go. And because there's not a, like, stamp of approval, like, this is how you do it, mm-hmm. people, like, get really upset. Well, from my understanding, her power was always that the words were backwards. Not that she said the spell backwards. It was that the words she was saying were backwards. So I could be wrong. Um, okay. Okay. Well, but, I'm, I'm not that's well why they versed sound in her. Weird I'm, not, I'm you, not like super well versed. Yeah, for sure. But you would think like if you were saying, uh, you know, Batman is the best, it would be best is the Batman. You know what I mean? That would be the spell backwards. But the words are reversed. So they're spelled backwards. So that's kind of how I imagine it, but it, yeah. it is it, either way. It's well, still kind of hard to read sometimes. I still want to go back and like try to find the. There was a recent issue with Zatanna mm-hmm. where she sang Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. like backwards, mm-hmm. and 
because in that song they're talking about thunderbolts of lightning yeah she like sung that part and there was like actual like lightning bolts and stuff oh wow yeah uh, it was in justice league dark and so oh, like, okay okay that, i was, I was like, like that kind of sounds really cool yeah like i don't know if it could play out like an animation or in live action yeah. but i kind of want to see how they pulled it off in the book uh, I see. I think when it comes to Zatanna, what makes her badass is like also that, but what she's wearing. Like, I don't like the corset with the black pants and like a vest. I think it's the stupidest costume for her. Like, I oh, love like her the newer one, outfit. like the the yeah. the blue, like almost trench coat yeah, tailored like thing. Mm-mm. It it can look good sometimes. Yeah, really depends know. on the artist. I prefer but, the top hat one. A little bit. Ooh, I just think it's so classic. Like it's awesome. I I like that because it pays a little bit more homage to her father. Yeah, well, who I she's really love as a character. Yeah, I, I like that she's a magician, and that's what magicians yeah. wear. You know, the classic magicians. You know. Well, and that's the thing. Also, I think they've kind of pulled away from the whole like magician act yeah. for her, or like the the way, which is really dumb because whenever she guest stars on a book. Mm-hmm. That's normally what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. But I know. they've her as a character. They've kind of pulled away from that to put her in less like what's what's uh, uh, sexualized yeah. clothing or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, if we made Wonder Woman go back to the short skirt because that's what everybody wanted, just gives the Tana. We don't, you know, Black Canary still wears her old stuff from time to time. So. Yeah. It is what it is. I think it's just, you know, you can change it up, but I don't I don't know. I think sometimes classic is classic, and you can just... I think it's the way you write the character, not necessarily what they wear all the time. Um, but, yeah, have you got to that episode in the animated series yet? Not yet. Not that yet. That episode's I, great. I love that episode. So, so great. Like I said, I, I, I did uh, uh, Heart... Uh, uh, what is it? Heart, Heart of Ice. Ice. And Heart then Ice? the Catwoman yeah. uh, three-parter. Mm-hmm. And then I just finished uh, Clayface. Okay, you already watched Grey Ghost. Uh, I did, I did. Yeah, love Grey Ghost. And I was, it was so dumb because it wasn't until like three fourths of the way in, I was like, "That's Adam West." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> there man. was like one part where he just like in in the suit, he was like, uh, he said, uh, "Sure thing, partner." And I was just like, "Yeah, that's Adam West's voice." Yeah, it's that's great. so awesome. Well, I just love that Batman had a hero growing yeah. up. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's so cool. Granted, a lot of people would say it's Zorro, but I think he has, like, it's cool that he actually had a detective superhero now, kind of see, character. Now, see, I think to really make that uh, Batcat really well-rounded mm-hmm. is if he played great, like, played that into the book as well. Yeah. I think there's been like little. See, I don't know. See, again, I would love to see like how copyright works, right? Because like we know that like there's all that stuff with Static Shock and all that stuff that people can't use. But like, yeah. I don't know if Grey Ghost was made for the first time ever in animated series. So do they just have all the rights to it? Because like I've only think I've ever seen him like as a poster in the background nobody's ever wrote a story about great ghost but that's the thing whenever whenever you hear great ghost i think it's only a dc property i don't mm-hmm. think it's really anywhere else yeah at least i don't think so no i'm and just if, saying like could they write a story about great ghost if they wanted to is what I'm i curious. think they could but just like most people when writing dc and specifically batman they mm-hmm. only take inspiration from the animated series yeah and they don't really do much like other than harley herself yeah really implement anything 
I yeah. think that King is the first person that is going to be implementing, you know, a animated series character. Yeah. Like for a very like since a very long time. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure there has been like random side characters. Well, I mean, we know Murphy does it not well, but he does it a lot. Well, that's what I mean. But he he's inspired by it. Yeah, that's it's true. it's not like oh I'm implementing this character into mm-hmm. that is specifically from the animated series into my book. It's yeah. more like hey, if you were to say this kind of is inside the universe of Batman the animated series, mm-hmm. it could totally make sense in a way, you know, yeah. kind of tongue in cheek like that. Yeah, but. Tom King is literally taking the character of Phantasm. the Phantasm and putting him into what he her. says, her, sorry, yeah. into uh, DC continuity. Yeah. You know? I'm very curious if, so I don't remember if he said it or not, but is Mask of the Phantasm continuity? Or is he just bringing the character from the movie into make him continuity or canon? I thought that in the interview... when He, he said first... everything but the Joker stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, because he was like, we can't we can't give Joker an origin. So everything else is, I think he said, is canon. Um, so then we would assume that Batman already knows who Phantasm is in this mm-hmm. story. Yeah. We can, technically. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just going to be so interesting, man. How has nobody ever used that character? That blows my mind. But see, I think it's more so because those characters are kind of cherished in a way where, like, if a random writer were to take that character, they'd be like, nah, bullshit. Yeah. You know, you're just trying to, you know, you know, elevate yourself by using such an iconic character that mm-hmm. isn't supposed to be in comics and blah, 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 blah. And, of course, who would be the one person ballsy enough to do it? Yeah. Tom King. For sure. Yeah, um, we still don't know when we're going to get that comic, ladies and gentlemen. We're hoping December. Clay says maybe August, September yeah. we'd, we'd find we, out. we find out. Just because if if we're looking at solicits, uh, solicits are two months in advance. Um, we got October's this month. Mm-hmm. Next month, or sorry, three months. Yeah, it'll be three months ahead. Uh, so August, we will get November's. Uh solicits so Mm -hmm. september we should be getting december solicits and usually before the solicits are actually put out there's one or two trades whether it be uh newsarama or comicbook.com whatever Mm -hmm. they'll usually get them a week or two in advance okay so we will randomly get a story of like tom king's you know Batcat finally gets a release date you know and it'll share the solicit yeah, it'll be very interesting. I'm really hoping it comes out for Christmas, um, just because he says there's like a holiday element, I guess, to it. So that'll be really cool. And it's also just because uh, I want to see it. But yeah, we'll be getting, like I said, three three Tom King books at once if it does come out in December, which would be crazy. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on from there, we are going back to Suicide Squad, which uh, this has been really interesting. Like I said, this has been one of the surprise like what i'll say one of the best things in dc right now if you are sleeping on suicide squad it is only just started there's only seven issues go find them surprisingly it is not selling amazingly it's selling good It, it it's at a consistent 
you know, number each issue that it's selling, but it's not like, let's say, a deceased when, you know, I mean, freaking Tom Taylor blew sales out of the water Yeah, that month when uh, deceased number one came out. This is very subtly, for some reason, not selling bombastically. Yeah. But it is so good. And yeah. there is a mystery to it that's just like, Taylor, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I will say that. That's that's very <laughs> true. I should actually probably put this on my pull list. I don't know why I haven't. Um, because now I'm taking everything else off. I feel like I can collect this, especially with the big spoiler that we've already talked about on this podcast before. Well, um, I, I, I will say that if nobody has bought it now, and if you're listening to this and you consider it, I will say there is a technical first appearance of a character today that we will be talking about. Don't know if it'll go anywhere, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about it once we get there. Yeah, so this issue starts off with... Oh, yeah, technically, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. So uh, the the issue opens up um, with Floyd going to a house, and it turns out to be the house of his daughter. Well, that's not how we open. Oh, we, we open, open with uh, Ted Cord. We yeah, open yeah. with Ted Cord. This kind of pushes the mystery a little bit um, because we definitely, like, if, if anybody had ever thought, okay, Maybe it wasn't Ted Cord. Maybe, you know, everybody was just, you know, kind of freaked out at, you know, maybe it was Maxwell Lord, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No, there is definite proof here that it is Ted Cord. He is in his right mind, maybe. But he's talking to one of his security guys or his, like, right-hand man or whoever. And they tease that there is a woman on an island. Yeah. No name is exchanged. No description. So at this point, you're like, who the hell are they talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Um, And I don't remember... Did they say woman or said, like, child? They said right here... Because I thought it was, like, somebody younger. I think he says girl. Did he say girl or woman? Well, it says here... I felt like it was like uh, they were a younger person, but I could be wrong. There's no way they could know about the girl. Mm-hmm. And then he says, no, sir, there's no digital record of her. And she's waiting on the island for you. Yeah. So it, it kind of makes me Secured seem like she's in a young. cell. That's yeah. another thing. It's just like, what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know why my brain takes me to uh, what was her name? Pandora? Was that the girl from oh, Flashpoint or whatever, right? That from would be Trinity? interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that would be interesting. Um, I don't Dude, know. I kind of got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> just, my <laughs> brain just took me there. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, now the next page is after that. We see Floyd at his uh, daughter's house. Knocks on the door. He thinks that, you know, his daughter hates him. And she just jumps out and she's like, Daddy. And, um, you know, he's just like, you know, she's like, what's up? How you been? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, of course, we see the wife, too. She's like, what the fuck are you doing here, basically? Um, and he's telling him, he's like, I- I've been pardoned. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm out. And, and I love the conversation that they have. Because, yeah. like, she's, she's uh, you know, he's very surprised that they have this house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I wasn't liking how you were getting that money, but I wasn't just going to waste it. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> which yeah. is, I'm like, hey, if you get the money, like, which is technically blood money, like, when yeah. you really think about it. But she bought, you know, what I would assume is somewhat of a dream house. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to, like, be a normal family. Yeah. And he is trying to convince her that, you know, he's out this this life is way behind him you know he doesn't have to worry about that stuff anymore but he has this conversation with his daughter Mm -hmm. and his daughter's like oh wait i have something to show you yeah and like he turns around and she is in sunglasses a makeshift cape whether it be a towel or a blanket we don't know Mm -hmm. like shoulder pads she has like some sort of like armor like maybe just like a random like vest yeah. with a target on the chest and she says i'm live shot yeah New so character. instead of dead shot <laughs> it's live shot yeah and everybody that i've talked to was like yeah this is kate bishop and if people don't know who kate bishop is it's the daughter of hawkeye mm-hmm. that's basically who this is yeah for sure which i think is really really funny yeah uh, but I mean, I was a little confused at this. It, it, it was kind of I was taken aback because I don't know this character very well. Like mm-hmm. all I've heard from her is Floyd always talking about wanting to get back to her. Yeah. Like in every single thing that I've read, I've never actually gotten to know his family. Mm-hmm. But that's when boom, he's on the news. Like now he's like a wanted criminal and like all this stuff. And we find out earlier that this was because of Ted Cord. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy too. Cause his wife is immediately like you fucking liar. Like <laughs> I knew it. And he was, she was like, who did you kill? And he's like, I killed the guy that started it. He was like, but they, they made me do it. You know what I mean? Or whatever. And uh, the crazy thing is he pulls out a suitcase and his suitcase has everything, his guns and everything. And he's ready to kill. And he's like, I can't do this in front of the kid. And so, like, it's basically that scene from Suicide Squad uh, where, you know, he could have shot Batman and the daughter's like, don't do it. Although she doesn't do that in this instant. He's just like, fuck, yeah, I he, can't. He, he goes out, hands up. He doesn't have his suit on. He actually left everything in the house. And he willingly just like, hey, I'm just going to go. Yeah. And this, like, this hit a little bit harder just because of mm-hmm. what's going on, like, right now. Yeah. Uh but they beat the shit out of him, mm-hmm. even though he's not doing anything. And I'm sure. just like, oh, man, this is this is this, rough. Yeah, this would have been so much worse had they changed his ethnicity since we've had Will Smith. This would have oh, been so oh, much oh, worse. Shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, with Deadshot, he gets his ass beat. And, like, you see him saying, like, eat dirt, you know, let them kick you in. Just you can't you can't do anything because the girl's watching. And then out of nowhere, you see this arrow <laughs> just take somebody out, and it's his daughter yeah, gets, on the get somebody steps. right in the kneecap. Yeah, and she's like, "Leave my dad alone," and he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> her mom is, "What the hell are you wearing? Like, what yeah. are you doing?" <laughs> and one of these officers, you know, these federal agents, is immediately points the gun at the child, and yeah. Floyd is like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! She's just a child." And he knocks the gun away, and he's able to get a gun, or he's able to get two guns. And he's like, yeah. I can't kill anybody. They're watching. Yeah. And so there's this beautiful uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, seven panel uh, splash 
of him jumping in between the panels and he's mm-hmm. shooting all these different spots on all the guys just yeah. to like subdue them. Yeah, it's like kneecaps, elbows, stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah. And one guy actually gets a shot off and it's going straight towards her. But of course, out of nowhere, Wink yeah. saves her life. And the rest of the Suicide Squad is like, boom, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I like that. I like Wink's personality. Like, I like that she's like, hey, we're friends with your dad. And she's like, I didn't think my dad had friends. And he's like, yeah, I don't think your dad knows he has friends either. <laughs> Which I, I think is really, really telling. Just because, like, when we first met the Resistance. Mm-hmm. Revolutionaries. Uh, the Revolution, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the Revolutionaries, they were all hard asses. Mm-hmm. They were all hard asses. They yelled at everybody. But after... They wanted to kill everybody. Yeah, they wanted to kill everybody. But ever since Deadshot basically made the deal with them of like, hey, we're going to, you know, get rid of these guys and we're going to, you know, try to find out who's responsible for all this. They immediately took Deadshot in as their own. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're right. Wink is just like all bubbly. She's happy. Uh, I I really enjoy the fact that Tom Taylor is actually putting them in other books. That mm-hmm. other book that they are in is uh, Deceased, uh, mm-hmm. Hope at World's End. But uh, but yeah, they end up, uh, Zebra Man ends up putting a force field around every uh, around Floyd. Yeah. And then uh, the, what is that guy's name? The uh, the dude with the... the... Oh, the Sinister Six? Deadly Six. Deadly Six, there you go. Deadly Six puts greed into mm-hmm. all of their minds. And what's the most greedy thing that could happen at that moment is, like, self-preservation. Yeah. So they don't want to die. That's greedy. So they all run away, which is really yeah. smart, which is really, yeah. really cool. That was really cool. That was actually a really good ability. Um, and, yeah, so we see that. And then, um, you know, they have this secret ship that can't be, you know, treaded or whatever. And they all kind of get back on that. And he's like, you know, what are we going to do? And uh, what you see at that point is um, – you see Deadshot put all his shit back on. He's like, we're going to kill the Suicide Squad. And yeah. so, like, I was just like, what? And I think the title of the next book is called um, something about Ares and Arian Wink or something like that. Uh, it says, taking the fight to Ted Cord plus the secret history of Ares and Wink. Now, I will say, uh, that last sentence, mm-hmm. it says here, uh, let's kill the suicide squad or uh it's time to kill the suicide squad mark brought up a very good point in uh the comic book legion podcast mm-hmm. he thinks that because of the way uh they said this in this last page he thinks that floyd is going to fake his death so he's not actually going to die mm. I would that be a cop out though? I think that's a cop out. I think it's a cop out, but because of such an important character and staple character to mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad, yeah, and how many like because there is this this notion of the fandom, like I bet you anything, people who buy Suicide Squad for the fact that it's just Suicide Squad and it's just like vigilantes or villains, yeah killing people i bet you anything they have invested their time with deadshot and Mm -hmm. invested their their emotions and saying man i really hope 
Floyd gets to be with his family. Yeah. I think it would actually be a payoff to like have Floyd's send off be like, Hey, maybe he's not Maybe there's not going to be a dead shot for a while, yeah. you know? And maybe then he brought, shot. well, that's the thing. And then he said, what could happen after that is let's say there's not a dead shot for as long as we have metal. And mm-hmm. so in the new reiteration of whatever's going to happen, you know, yeah. after, after death metal, Maybe some time has passed. Maybe some hasn't. Live shot is now older. Mm-hmm. And her dad doesn't want to get back into the business because he spent way too much time with that. Yeah. Live shot says, hey, I'm not going to kill anybody, but I'll help the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that'd be interesting. He could always go the Punisher route and, you know, he'd be black. Uh, that happened in Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a different person now, guys. I kill, <laughs> I kill myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I think, cause like if, if superheroes that we love did it, we'd be like, oh yeah, I mean, we gotta, you know, he's basically an anti-hero at this point. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be super pissed at it. I would say it's a cop-out cause we said if Alfred didn't, if Alfred magically came back, it would have been a cop-out. He's still dead. So like, you yeah. know, hats off, <laughs> hats off to them keeping Alfred dead. 51 weeks. Look, watch, watch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, literally <laughs> next week, fucking Tidian brings him back. He's back, everybody. Uh, he's actually he's actually the designer. Which wait, I do believe next issue is the dream sequence where he is there. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise so, me. So I'm just yeah. saying, wow, it's yeah. been 52 weeks and we finally get to read Alfred. Yeah, well, I mean, in the main continuity, but it is yeah. what it is. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I think. Again, Suicide Squad is one of the best comics that is out right now. We don't hear that much about anything else. I mean, one of the ones that we're reading, at least. Um, we've read Batgirl, Red Hood, and stuff like that, and they're just not really great. Yeah, um, they really aren't. We are going to be talking about the digital first right now. We have said that those people should be getting on Red Hood and all those kind of books because they write them so well. Um, but yeah, Suicide Squad, I think, might be something I add to my pull list um, because it doesn't come out that often. And the story's been pretty solid. I don't think there's been an issue where I've been like, Meh. so. Um, I just thought solid. about something that mm-hmm. might get me a little disappointed. If the person on the island that's in a cage is Enchantress, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a little disappointed. Oh uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Although, see, like, but Enchantress is also like, in the comics, she's like sexy. She's not that crazy Enchantress. Yeah, 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 but like, I'm. What I'm saying is like, because of the movie or what? Yeah, would Taylor go the route just because of the movie? I mean, he hasn't with anybody else. We didn't get Killer Croc. Uh, we we haven't gotten Killer Croc, but we we we've already seen Boomerang. Yeah, but Boomerang's a classic Suicide Squad character, though. He's he's been there since the the strat. How do you say the main guy that um, Shoutrender or Strander or Ostrander? Ostrander. He's been there since then, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So like yeah, he has. he's always been a hardcore a suicide person. So um yeah, I think that's just main. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy what he's doing. I'm glad that he didn't create these new characters just to kill them. I, I that's my biggest hats off to Tom Taylor. Well that was one of the biggest things that we thought. We yeah. thought that like every single one of these new characters were gonna die within the first three issues. Yeah. And technically only two have. Yeah, what the fish brother 
and the speed. Oh guy? well, three, three. So it's okay. the it's the very first one was explosion. He got his head blown up, which was oh, ironic yeah, yeah. as hell. Mm-hmm. Then it was the the uh, fish brother, yeah. and then it was uh, the the jogger. Yeah, I forget what his name was. Um, but yeah, Jog. he. But they, I think his name was. He Jog. had a good send off. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I really thought, um, we thought that, uh, I, I literally, when Clay was like, hey, look at all these new Suicide Squad people, I was like, dude, all those people are going to die. I was like, it's <laughs> just going to be so, like, they can have a lot of death, and Harley and Deadshot will still be there, and it turns out Deadshot's probably going to be the one so, to be, you know? It was, it was super surprising when everybody who was, like, actual established villains mm-hmm. were the ones that were getting killed off. Like, freaking Mag- Magpie is dead. People don't yeah. realize that. Yeah, she was just in Tom King's run too. Yeah. Um. So like that's interesting. And then the Cavalier. I mean, <laughs> nobody dude, gives a fuck about the Cavalier, dude, but his death was so fucked up. Yeah. Just the fact that freaking what's her name, Osita, literally punched like mm-hmm. and exploded his head, and all you saw was his gums, teeth, and eyeballs. Yeah. Like... It was insane. It, it was nuts, but I mean, you can do that to those kind of characters. Don't don't ever kill fucking Condiment King though. Like that's the one thing I thought Carpenter was gonna do, but it was just it was just ketchup, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'm cool. <laughs> I thought he killed fucking uh, Condiment King. I was like, you can't kill Condiment King. That's like killing Kite Man. Um, but oh, uh, man. yeah, so I don't know. I thought that was fantastic. This has been a good series, but we're gonna jump over to the digital first, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're just covering Gotham Knights this time around. There is two new um, animated Adventures Continues books. We will be covering those maybe next week or you know the week after that, um, just to kind of fill it in. But we want to kind of catch up on Gotham Knights because it's very easy to get behind on these things because they come out once a week. Like it's insane. Yeah. We're and uh, we're gonna be reading issues. Did you read fifteen or no? Yeah, I did. I did read the uh, the Catwoman fifteen one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. We're going to go ahead and just run through a lot of these digital firsts. Um, this first one was with Damien, and I thought this was actually pretty cool. Like The only thing that I did not like... This is Tim Seeley right, uh, yeah, writing okay. this. The only thing I did not like was fucking Tim Drake's costume. Oh, yeah, I noticed it's that. It's the UPS costume. <laughs> that shit was funny. I noticed like, that. Why like, would you do that? And so you kind of... Like, it feels like Tim Seeley is somewhat, like, trying to write this in continuity, but mm-hmm. there's only one fucking problem with that. Dick Grayson. He is currently not Dick Grayson, you know? But yeah. at, this, but at the same time, he's just kind of th- throwing these different variations of the characters. So yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah, so that was very interesting. But this could also be post whatever the hell's happening right now. So... Uh, we don't True. really know, but the cool thing about this, I thought this was very interesting. And the one thing I've loved about this is, uh, I mean, just to kind of spoil this really quickly is the main villain in this is Clayface, but these digital firsts have gave Clayface a lot of love Yeah, they and, have. and I really enjoy that because Clayface is actually one of my favorite character, one of my favorite Batman villains. And I think he needs an on-screen adaptation. He, yeah, I really he, hope we get he that. He is the one villain that I need to see in live action. Well, I just think if you did it in a live action, you know how many, like, big artist cameos you could have? 
Like, you could have Johnny Depp, like, a cameo, and you could have a so-and-so cameo. You could have just, like, Clayface morphing into these other actors. Like, that'd be kind of yeah. cool. And um, either way. So what we find out is all the Robins are captured. All of them have been captured. They're all tied up to this thing. And they start running through their Batman training. They're like, all right, we're all captured. Let's run through the situation. What happened? And they all start telling their story. They're like, I got blindsided. They're like, I got blindsided. Oh, I got blindsided. And they all got blindsided by their worst enemies. So Dick Grayson is Raptor. Um, Tim Drake is Deathstroke. We see uh, Spoilers is what? Blubber or something The Baffler. Like Baffler? Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Red Hood has the, uh, what's the his The Underbelly. Face? Yeah, which is just this big, <laughs> fat, blobby dude that uh, that um, falls down on him. And so, um, and then we see Robin got beat by Clayface. Yeah, Damien and, got, got beat by Clayface, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, I think the art was kind of cool. I love that, that double-page spread that they have where it was just all of them being attacked. I thought that was kind of really cool in this book. Um, and then what starts happening is they all start going off and saying, like, well, that's kind of a coincidence that we all got attacked like at the same time. And what this is what I didn't catch this right away, but I love that they were basically trying to find out who the mole was. Like they were like one of us is like lying, which is basically what they were doing. Yeah. And it and it turns out that they cuz Jason Todd just started laughing. I was like, "Why is he laughing?" And they're like, "I can't do this, guys. Like we fucking know it's this dude because what happened was when Robin was talking about how he got beat, he was like, well, I put up a good fight against the impe- impeccable fucking Clayface or whatever. He, like, made yeah. Clayface sound so fucking great. And, <laughs> we, uh, we all know that Damien would slander every single person and put him on top. More yeah. so in just, like, saying, like, oh, you know, he he blindsided me. And, like, trying to make excuses because that's usually what Damien does. Yeah. Damien is always the top dog, but if somebody – technically does blindside him it's just like oh he got lucky type of thing yeah and that's not how damien said it when explaining that he got beat by clayface yeah and the interesting thing is is they start talking about like well how did this happen and damien says well it's probably because the robins are too predictable or too you know we're just we're not good enough and everybody's like what they're like well who the hell are you like how are you wearing that costume and everybody starts talking shit and then it gets to dick grayson and they're like how are you gonna give us your speech dick like what the fuck like you know you're letting him talk like this he's like i kind of agree with him and everybody's like what i just love how i love how jason todd is like bro <laughs> <laughs> that was the best dialogue he's like bro um so i thought that was fantastic and everybody's like are you serious you agree like he's like you guys never agree on anything and that's when Dick Grayson kind of says, like, you know, he kind of just goes out and he does all this stuff. And, he, and he's basically giving a speech, and then Red Hood just laughs. He's like, come on, I can keep this. We already know this. And they all say, like, there's no way this is Damien. And that's when you see Damien morph into Clayface. Um, because Clayface, Damien would never say that about the Robin-like persona. Yeah. Like, they every all of them respect the Robin persona so much. They don't think it's a gimmick. They don't think it's to distract people from Batman doing his job. And they even said that, like, Damien holds himself to a point where he believes he is the best Batman. Yeah. Not just the best Robin. Like, he is the son of Batman, so he rightfully is going to become Batman. He wouldn't slander the name of Robin. Yeah. That was one of the biggest things. And I love this next splash page. If you, like, once you turn the page, you see them all, like, in a ready stance after yeah. they attempted, or Clayface attempted to 
to like hurt Spoilers, them. Spoilers, cape is so big. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it almost looks like freaking Raven. Like yeah. I was like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. But it does look really good for this type of panel. Oh, for sure. But then you see like Clayface. I've never knew Clayface could actually do this, but he like manipulates his body to be multiple people. Yeah. And like they said when they were describing who they were attacking or who got uh, attacked them, we do see underbelly uh, uh, freaking uh, I already Raptor. Raptor. And I already forgot the person who was fighting uh, freaking Blender or something. Baffler. Yeah, Baffler. Yeah. And, which I think is a deep pull because I don't think Baffler has been in continuity since like pre New 52. Yeah. I've never even seen that character, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I'm 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 glad that Seeley brought upon like Raptor. Raptor was like one of the coolest characters that yeah. was brought into uh, Nightwing's rebirth story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seeing him again was really really cool. Uh, but who ends up saving them all? Damien. Damien. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty cool. So and we find- he is yeah. in that like cocky like oh, guys okay. really like it. It took me like I had to be the one to save you guys like kind yeah. of thing. Which I think is great. Yeah, and so he he basically what what happened was Clayface was after a certain technology that Wayne Tech was making, and it was a technology that would actually hurt him. It would keep him in check. It makes it it basically makes his body not to be able to morph. And um, so Damien hits him with that a couple times, and he's all like, oh, "I can't believe you guys are losing to this guy." Basically, Damien's just being a dick. And um, so he's all like, he starts bossing people around. He's like, "Hey, Grayson, go." Or, you know, Drake or something like that. He's like, go cuff, you know, Basil Carlos so freaking the cops can come pick him up and everything like that. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. And the best part of this is they all start leaving. And they're like, well, let's go meet up with Batman and get the rest of these thugs off the street or whatever. And everybody just kind of starts talking shit to Damien. And they're just like, man, I like Clayface a lot better. He's so much nicer as Robin. And uh, I thought that was just cool. I, I love this panel that they're all swinging away together. Yeah, um, which is... Uh, ends up being the cover for this yeah. one issue which is yeah. really really nice so yeah i thought that was pretty cool i mean i think the bat family just has such like there should be more done with the bat family like i feel like it's always just too much drama i don't think we ever get a lot of like loving family stories from them and i wish we would get more of that and, yeah, and i think we talked about that last time we we covered gotham knights we talked about how like there was a moment in, I think, issue 11 where uh, Red Hood and, and Dick were were teaming up. Yeah. And they were just like, you know, a gun doesn't always solve everything. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why I have. <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> it's, it's just, it's it's just so like good. really stupid, funny moments like that where they are brothers. And you yeah. need to kind of remind people about that. Yeah. And I think I, I always wanted... Like, cause, cause there was this story back in Snyder's Batman run called, I think it was We Are Robin. Yeah. I kind of want that, mm-hmm. but with the Bat family. Yeah. Yeah. No, We Are Robin was very interesting. There was a bunch of crossovers and that's what gave us Duke, um, as the Robin. Um, well, you know, he just had the, the jacket and stuff, but yeah, yeah no, I think those kind of stories are really cool. And I, I think we just... Every time we see the Bat Family together nowadays, it's to get mad at Batman for doing something or because yeah. somebody died. It's never I mean, to like yeah, work together. The last time we saw them all together was they were mourning Alfred. Yeah. 
And um, so, yeah, I think it's just very, which it's so funny because like lately uh, Red Hood, like even in that in that story, Red Hood's not in that final photo, which I know he's a black sheep and he's like not in the family all the time, but he's obviously in these stories. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just wish we got we got more of the we got more of that. Uh, but next up on on issue 13. Now, this was a, a two separate stories. Uh, did you have a favorite out of these? Because we had like a heartwarming story and like a hardcore story. I I really liked the Two Face story, but I can very much appreciate the kind of prologue story that we see with Damien. Yeah, um, we see that like Damien really wants to go out on patrol. Yeah, and they're like, dude, like you need to be finishing your homework. Mm-hmm. You need to you know just stay in. You know your 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 dad is doing like important stuff right now. He's like, what kind of important stuff? And he keeps calling Bruce, mm-hmm. and, and Bruce is like, oh, no, no, not, there's nothing. Like, I'm not doing nothing. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just doing stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm doing stuff. And that stuff is he's teaming up with every member of the Justice League. Yeah, which and I think is pretty awesome. There were some really cool panels. Uh, I love the first one with uh, Hal Jordan. They're out in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple, but it looked really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, Damien can't see any of this because Batman's blocking all his comms. And, like, Damien's, he's like, well, if I hack into him and stuff like that. And Alfred's like, do you really think your dad would want you to do that? He's like, well, it could be a test. So, like, he like it, he doesn't think like a son. He just thinks like he's a, he's like a, a pupil at he, this point. He is all he is at all times Robin. Yeah. You know? And so he always thinks that Batman's testing him. And, well, so, like, it's just basically a lot of back and forth, and Alfred is talking to Damien, and just kind of, like, he's like, oh, I know you and your father way better than you think you guys know each other, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, Alfred's always that moral compass and that center of knowledge, and Damien's all like, well, I know I could do this, and blah, 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 blah. And so we get a bunch of different panels. I love that, you know, he was fighting with Wonder Woman. I love that he was, like, you know, saving Superman from... I don't know who that guy is, Kryptonite Man. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, I don't know if this is like a really weird interpretation of like uh, Metallo? Metallo before he became like the full metal dude. Uh, yeah. Because cause, uh, Corbin at one point was just an individual that like had a Kryptonite powered suit. Yeah. Uh, and then when he quote unquote died or whatever, he got transformed into the robot. But mm-hmm. I love this armor, this like knight armor yeah. that he is fighting the cyclops with mm-hmm. um looks really really cool but yeah you know this whole thing with like how oh you know just the way alfred was saying about how um about how like oh he does this because he loves you and you do yeah. that because you love him and it's not something that they always talk about yeah and then at the very end when bruce finally gets to the bat cave like and this is one thing that i actually really do appreciate about damien mm-hmm. a lot of people like i hated i hated hated damien when he first got introduced grant uh, morrison yeah he was a dick he he was a dick and even yeah. in the beginning and like towards the middle like right after like right before he died spoilers mm-hmm. in new 52 he was always just that that pretentious like dick yeah and I love the moments where you finally realize he's just a kid. Yeah, that wants his dad's like attention, attention, approval, whatever. Yeah, and so he goes to Bruce and he's like, 
I just really wanted to hang out with you. And Bruce is like, why are you so intensive on like going out on patrol? Mm-hmm. And he holds up this calendar and it says, bring your son to work day. And I like, it just kind of melts <laughs> your heart. It's just like, yeah. Oh, my yeah. heart. Yeah. And then the final panel is just Batman telling, he's like, Alfred refold the Batmobile. We're going back out. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. Now the thing that sucks is we're supposed to get a story like this in the Teen Titan annual, which has not come out. I don't. Th- I don't know what's going on. So I've been recently listening to uh, Weird Science DC Comics podcast. They review almost every DC book every single week, and it's gotten to the point where, like, I think Robin has now been outcasted from Teen Titans. Hmm. I haven't been reading it, but that's the way it looks. Like, because I think there is a story coming up, like sometime in October or mm-hmm. in September, that's called like Robin No More or something like that. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what's going on with Damien. Uh, that book has gone up and down in all sorts of different directions, and I think that's one of the main things that I don't like when people get to write Damien because mm-hmm. moments like this, this is what I want from Damien. Yeah. You know, the moments where like, yes, he can be a little bit of a badass when like trying to hack shit and be Robin. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember he is a child. He is the son of Batman. And those are the moments I want. But when people get a hold of the Damien character, they just want to write him as an asshole yeah. and being a miniature Batman. Mm-hmm. And so you get those moments like, the Tower of Babel, or people try to write a Tower of Babel-esque thing with Damien all the time, yeah. where the team doesn't trust him and all this other stuff, and it always it always gets to that point. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, we don't trust you, Damien. You know, we're going to have to argue about this for six issues. Okay, resolved. Okay, now we have a new reason to hate you. We're not going to trust you. And it keeps doing that over and over yeah. again. I think the best, some of the best Damien is in Super Sons. Yes, yeah, I think it's just because it's it's basically a mini Bruce and a mini Clark. Like Damien is the uh, street smart character, whereas John is like, I just want to help people and like you know I just want to do good. And he's like, you, like I gotta I gotta bring you down to earth. Like not everybody's nice, not everybody's not fucking you know. So yeah. it's a cool little dynamic there, and I think that is some of the best. Like you see hard ass Damien, but you also see that he cares about John, but he doesn't want to admit that he cares about John. Like I think that was some of the best like stuff you could see from him, and uh, yeah, that should I think that series should have just kept going. Um, Fuck it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so there's actually a second story in this issue thirteen, which is between Two Face and Gordon. Now this was some solid Two Face writing. We've had a lot of up and down Two Face writing in this last year that we've been doing this podcast, and uh, this was a great Two Face story in my opinion. Yeah, this one was written by Scott Brian Wilson. Yeah, never heard of that guy. This was an excellent story. Yeah, so it turns out that Gordon um, is meeting Two-Face in a bar, and they're having drinks. Because if if you guys don't know anything about Two-Face and Gordon, before he became Two-Face, he was a district attorney, and he worked with Gordon, and and he was friends with Bruce. That's why they have such strong connections. It's why Bruce always wants to help Harvey Dent, because they were friends before he became Two-Face. And everybody, just kind of like how Batman wants to save everybody, he thinks that Harvey Dent can come back from being Two-Face. And um, so Gordon's kind of the same way. 
And what happens is we find out that Gordon and Harvey Dent had a falling out when he was Harvey Dent and that he was going to send an innocent man to jail because he was just like, he has to go to jail. And uh, Gordon wasn't happy with that. He went behind Dent's back and he, you know, made this, he saved this this innocent man's life. Um, and then we fast forward that we find out that Two-Face is framing 11 cops. And these 11 cops are like, what the fuck? That and is two- some petty shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to think <laughs> like he's trying to frame 11 different cops and he's killed people. And it's like some of the most perfect crimes. Like they're like ironclad crimes. And but- that's a point that Two-Face makes. And we'll get we'll get. Yeah. That. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of details of Two-Face, like how he's doing it. And he's explaining this all to Gordon. And he's all like, I know you know that I did all this. He was like, but you know the cases are so great. But, you know, I'm harping back to something that you told me once. And that is no crime is perfect. Like there's always a mistake. And uh, he was like, so my crimes are probably a little too perfect. And, um, you know, Gordon's kind of just, he's just listening to it this whole time. He's just not even talking He's just letting Two-Face ramble and ramble and ramble. And uh, we find out that Two-Face is like, you know how I like to do things in symmetry? He is like, well, you know there's not going to be 11 cops. He's like, there needs to be 12. And he's like, right now you're going to find all of these cops breaking into your apartment, finding all of these drugs. All the cameras um, are catching you walking into this bar, going to the evidence places to find like you tampering with stuff. So he basically has like an ironclad like case against gordon and gordon's just like sipping his drink he's like it's all good and so what ends up happening is he was like so i'm gonna flip this coin and you can either die here or you can die like in court or whatever and so of course when he i was gonna say when he flips the coin Mm -hmm. these are some of my favorite panels yeah and the reason the reason why i love the attention to detail when it's like close up when you see the two different sides of the coin Mm mm-hmm and then when he flips the coin, you look at Gordon, the coins are his eyes. Mm-hmm. And then when they both pull out a gun to each other, if you look at Gordon's glasses again, the gun is his eyes. Yeah, that's pretty so cool. So it's, it's just the attention to detail is just like, it, I love that in a comic. My, yeah. For me, I've learned to really appreciate the small things in art, and I love it. Yeah. But that's when you see the light go out yeah and uh it says here uh harvey when you walked in i sent a text of my own and that's when the light goes out yeah and then you hear the gunshots you hear like things crashing breaking whatever and you see the small little tatters of the back end of batman's cape yeah and and then of course he walks out of the bar which is called the deuce and um you see the bat symbol in the in the sky and you know uh gordon's calling an old teammate of his and he's like hey thanks for helping me out with this and turning on the signal and all that jazz and uh we just find out you know he's like she's saying like you're a hero you saved all these people and uh you know he's just kind of basically he's like yeah it's just you know in a day's work or whatever and uh you just see him like leaving the the bar with the cigar and stuff and it just looks pretty awesome i will say since he was not talking that whole time and just letting Two Face talk, I thought Gordon was Batman in disguise. I legitimately that, thought that, that would have been pretty cool. That yeah. would have been pretty cool just because that's something that you would definitely see in like the Batman animated series. Yeah. You know? But I I just I loved it because 
Gordon, he's he's a detective. He's a cop. Mm-hmm. And what is he going to do? He's going to let the criminal say whatever he needs to say. Yeah. Whether it be because he has something that's going to record all this or he knows Batman is coming. On this case, you know Batman is coming. But, you know, I just I just love that, though. Yeah. That Two-Face got so cocky where mm-hmm. he's like, oh, you know what? I got you. And it's because of this. And I'm doing this. And to the point where I almost feel like Gordon knew what was happening because there are some parts that show somewhat of like flashbacks yeah, of uh, Gordon uh, like, like there, cause you see a police officer that it, she's kind of like shivering and crying because yeah. you know, she is being accused of this murder, but you see Gordon behind her saying that I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, he knows that she didn't really do this. Yeah. There's something going on. So he he knew, like, whether it be in the beginning of this case or the middle of all these murders, like, okay, something is happening and I need to be very attentive to whatever happens next. Yeah. So having Two-Face here blabbering about and it's like, all right, I got gotcha. you. Sending that text in, boom, Batman's business now. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a really cool story. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, um, it was really cool to see a good Two-Face story like that. And and it, it just goes to show you that you don't need to go hardcore balls to the wall with these characters. Like, you don't to make them look badass. Like, you just don't. Like, they don't need to have a crazy posse and rob banks and do all this crazy stuff. No, they could just be manipulative and really just pull at your heartstrings and be like, oh, yeah, this is how fucked up I am because I'm so smart that I can frame 11 people, 11 innocent people. Um, so, yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, moving on to the next story, we'll, we'll go through this one really quick because uh, I do want to talk about the Catwoman story. But uh, we finally got something that I know we kind of talked about this previously. This is another two-part story. It's a Deathstroke story, which is very weird. Um, Deathstroke at, in Metropolis. So it's like, all right, we're just going to chuck this up to being a Batman villain just yeah, but it's mainly a just a Deathstroke story. Batman's not in this at all. Which which is really weird that Deathstroke has become a Batman villain. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when like Deathstroke well, wasn't his first appearance in Batman though. Was it really? Well, because I don't know if his first appearance ever. I just remember the most classic thing about Deathstroke was he was like one of the first villain to beat Batman's ass, and I don't know if that was his first appearance though. Um, but I know he's been very synonymous with the Teen Titans. Yeah, Deathstroke first appearance was New Teen Titans number two. Huh, interesting. Yeah, because so everything... I think that ever since like this idea that like oh he's a Green Arrow villain because of the show, and mm-hmm. then more people were always like, well, technically Green Arrow in the CW is more like a Batman anyway, so yeah. maybe he's just a Batman villain. Mm-hmm. And so people just like push that really hard in the comics. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like, and then there was like those weird ties with the animation series or the animated movies where like Deathstroke was like wanting to be the demon yeah. of these uh, League of Assassins and all that and had like some sort of like relation to Damien. And mm-hmm. then that happened in the comics and just like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it always seems like he's, he's butting heads with a Robin, 
So, you know, it's kind of you can throw him in the Batman category. Um, And I feel like at this point, he's fought Batman so much that he's he's a Batman villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But anyway, so what we see is uh, somebody wants to pay for Deathstroke services. And uh, the service they need is uh, somebody has some incriminating photos and they need that person dead. That person happens to be Jimmy Olsen. And uh, this was interesting because I love that this showed Deathstroke smarts because he planted bombs three weeks ago just in case he needed a distraction in Metropolis. And so he blows up shit at the Daily Planet, if I'm not mistaken, and he's like, now I have time to kill this kid. And uh, so he starts chasing Jimmy Olsen, chases him to a boat. He sees some cops, and he's like, hey, help me out. Deathstroke kills these cops so fast. He's like, (laughs) all right, kid, uh, it's time to die. And he's about to kill these kids. And who shows up? What you think is Superman, but it's actually Supergirl. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, I mean, because, I mean, it would make sense to, like, sometimes forget about her. Mm -hmm. Especially when uh, she was always a part of, like, in in main continuity, there was never really a Star City. That's a CW thing that they've now interpreted into main continuity. But before she was, uh, you know, big city, she was just a Smallville person. She was yeah. just hanging around Smallville, sometimes help out in Metropolis. Uh, so now in main continuity, they never think about Supergirl being in Metropolis because she has her own city to take care of. Mm-hmm. So having her just randomly show up in Metropolis, yeah, it's convenient. But it, it was a really cool surprise. Yeah, no, so I thought that was really cool. I love how she she looks very 80s here. I don't know why, but I think I love it. I love the which, style. Which She's... is really great because there has always been, I believe, since her first appearance, and it played a little bit even in the animated series of Superman, uh, there was always some sort of like romance between Jimmy and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Or really so, yeah. Kara, but yeah. Yeah. So I thought this was kind of cool. Um, so she looks very stoic. And of course, Deathstroke, he's basically an assassin Batman. He has he planned for this. So he has a kryptonite bomb, a la BVS. Um, and he knows it's going to affect her. Now, the cool thing about this is Deathstroke is like, all right, I'm just going to blast my way through this because, you know, it's whatever. So the cool thing is we have this amazing visual of where she knows what's about to happen. So she's like, Jimmy, get behind me. And she shields Jimmy because she knows that Deathstroke's about to start shooting him. And all this green smoke is all over the place, this kryptonite smoke. And he just starts popping off bullets. And there's this amazing like silhouette of just you barely see the cape and the S. And bullets are ricocheting off of it. And she's just protecting Jimmy Olsen with this green smoke around it. I really love the panel. And even like afterward where like she's kind of like hovering above him it's still in silhouette i would not be like i I wouldn't be opposed to owning this page yeah no yeah this is really awesome i like this now the interesting thing that happens is deathstroke had talked about how he could charge a premium fee for this because it's in metropolis and like you know you got to be suicidal to try to do something in superman city and so he's making three million dollars off this hit and uh, he doesn't kill jimmy olsen but he kills jimmy olsen's camera which was the entire like it it technically got the job done because the evidence is now gone yeah and so uh i thought that was kind of cool that you know deathstroke actually wins because one thing we've talked about on this podcast recently is that the last few times we've seen deathstroke he's been kind of a joke and he's supposed to be one of the 
best people in because in that Flash Suicide Squad thing, remember oh, he was like yeah. super joke in that. Yeah, and I think we read something else that he got his ass kicked pretty easily. And we're like, dude, he's supposed to be fucking assassin Batman. Like he's supposed to be one of the best freaking villains in DC, and he's been made to look like a chump recently. Um, so I'm glad that they finally, you know, made him look like a badass here because he should be. And I think it's it's kind of like wrestling. Uh, you always got to make your villains uh, actually get some wins and not always lose because then when the good guy beats them, you're going to be like, well, he fucking loses all the time. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> um, so you got to have your big villains like actually win a lot in comics too to make it be like, oh, shit, Batman beat his ass. Hell yeah. You know. It's it's kind of like that. It's like it's why Dark Side they don't use Dark Side all the time because you want Dark Side to be like when he shows up you're just like oh shit it's about to get real exactly so uh, because if you used him all the time he'd be crap uh, a la kind of how the Joker's getting uh, but hopefully he's gonna go away for a little bit but anyways the second part of this issue was me and Clay talked about this it was this cool interesting backstory to Killer Croc. And just to kind of blow it through, we get a flashback. Killer Croc is robbing a bank right now, and he's about to—he's telling this woman, he's like, "You're gonna give me what I want because I, you know, I'm a monster or whatever." And she's like, "Waylon, like, chill out." And he's like, "Who, who the Julie? fuck are you?" Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, he's like, "How do you know who I am?" And he recognized that it's this girl named Julie. And it flashbacks to the carnival or the circus that he was a part of when he was young. And he was still a mutant back then. He was all, like, disformed or whatever. They called him Gator Boy. And um, these kids were throwing stuff at him. And this girl comes and socks one of these kids. And she's like, get the hell out of here. Like, blah, blah, blah. And she's basically his protector. And he's like, you don't need to do that. Like, I know what I am. Like, I'm cool. And um, she's like, no, the people don't need to treat you that way. So she's basically this, like, light in the darkness for him and uh but her dad owns the carnival and her dad's all like you can't talk to this freaking freak and blah 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 so you know that's kind of the flashback um and then we fast forward to like him kind of remembering it and he's like i'm so sorry um you know she's like you had a chance to be good and you ruined it and you became the monster everybody told you to be that was hard. that is not how I thought this was gonna go. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be one of those moments where like, okay, Julie, you're right. You know, you you help me see the light, and I'm just gonna let everybody have their money back, and I'm just gonna yeah, I'm gonna stop being bad. No, no, this was like, no, you gone fucked up, and yeah. uh, you're a monster. Yeah, like, and then he just grabs the money and takes off. But I like this. I like this because, one, you feel for the villain. Like, you're like, okay, you know, you get a little bit of his past. But at the same time, they didn't ruin the villain. Because you can't make everybody an antihero. Like, yeah, people no. need to stay villains. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, a gut-wrenching moment. Like, the one person, the one person that was nice to you and let you possibly see hope in humanity has now become one of those that completely like is like yeah no like I, yeah. I i i i feel nothing towards humans anymore basically yeah so um that was interesting i thought those were solid stories um and then yeah i don't know i, I again these digital firsts are just so good if you guys have not bought any of them just just throw a throw a dart at the board and just buy one I guarantee you, you're going to enjoy the yeah, story. And like we said, they're only 99 cents. Yes, there will be a small sales tax to it. But it's... I, I can tell you right now, 
So there is currently 15 of these. Mm-hmm. 15 of these. Let's see here. Uh, times 99. Because I can't Sales do... tax is what, like 7 cents? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Times let's 0. See. 0.99. Bam, bam, bam. I'm going through here real quick. I, I wanted to make sure... Ryan Benjamin is the guy that drew this next comic we're going to talk about. Now, I follow, I follow Ryan because he works for DC, but I kind of want to ask him to see if I can get him to be my artist. And This art is really good. I, I had to check because I thought this was Jim Lee for a little bit and certain and, panels. And I will say, uh, in these digital first, uh, there's been a lot of people who I think probably are understudies of Jim Lee because they mm-hmm. do some of the exact same techniques. Yeah. And it makes you take like a like a double take on these yeah. books. But so But Sinclair is the colorist on this, so that's probably why. Yes. So buying all these books together is gonna be like almost eighteen or nineteen dollars. Okay. It's not bad. Not bad. For fifteen books. Yeah. Now if you were to if these were actual Batman books, that's three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That's sixty dollars. That's without tax. Yeah. So you're getting a hell of a deal for these. And these are like some of these this one here is seventeen pages. That's almost the I think Batman right now is what, twenty two pages? Twenty pages? Yes. Uh it can be anywhere as as minimal of twenty pages to about twenty four pages. Yeah. So it may be just a little bit smaller. But it's the same thing whenever we think, you know, we talked about how TV shows with the episode count, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be so long yeah, to tell a good story. I agree. Um, so, yeah, we're going to move on to the final digital first that we have to talk about, which we will officially be caught up on these. Um, and it is a Catwoman story. And I thought this, I, I don't know how you felt about the story, but I really enjoy it because I love, obviously, I love Catwoman. Um, but at the same time, I love seeing stuff about her past because that's what we don't, I mean, we don't get a lot about that all the time. And I love seeing, cause she had a fucked up past, you know, that's why her and Bruce are polar opposites. She's basically pretty woman yes. is what she is. Yeah. Uh, there was only one thing I didn't like about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being the flashback, um, showing that they had a run in before they were who they are today. Okay. Uh, now, I can totally understand, like, them, like, meeting at a party or mm-hmm. randomly down the street. But just, like, having this, like, whole thing with, like, Bruce being, like, about to be booked to be put in jail because of, you know, who knows what. Yeah. And, you know, Alfred bailing him out. I just, it, it kind of tried to have, like, this, like, bad boy side to Bruce. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's probably not how it was trying to go it was probably like he was trying to do something good and he got in trouble for it and now he's in jail it just yeah. didn't come across that way you know there mm-hmm. there was not enough information and so all i see is oh they're trying to put connections between bruce and selena and like i was i was completely like i was com- uh what, what's the word i'm looking for uh I was completely on board. No, no, not on board. I, I was expecting the mm. very ending of this book for like Bruce to offer a donut 
to mm-hmm. like Batman to offer a donut to Selena so she would know who he is or something like that or him take oh, okay. off the mask or something because yeah. I was like okay this is a little too much on the nose type of thing mm-hmm. but other than that other than that one part of the background because right after that we learn like how how do you pronounce this this last name uh oh, Mal- Malfi or Malfi yeah. or whatever yeah, Malfi I would say Malfi uh you know him beating the shit out of a little girl like yeah immediately after that and so i think that needs to be said because of the comment we hear later on from mm-hmm. catwoman about how like this is how she was raised and i once made a promise to save these people yeah and so like i i did like this though you know mm-hmm. there there was this moment like in the very beginning you know batman ties her up but is still beating the crap out of all these people, finds out what he stole or what she stole. And there's this running joke of like, oh, it's a Audrey Hepburn movie, mm-hmm. you know, with the yeah. whole diamonds. And it's funny because I saw a clip of her today in some movie called Sabrina. And she was like all cut. Co- her dog was like covered in diamonds. So like that was like <laughs> the big thing with Audrey Hepburn back in the day. But, you know, the whole the whole thing is that like Catwoman stole these, but she didn't really need them. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason behind it, we find out, is that she was just trying to get Bruce's attention. Yeah. And he's pretty upset about that whenever, like, he finally finds out when it, like, gets to the climax of the book. Mm-hmm. He's like, wait, you just used me. And she's like, uh, yeah, I couldn't take on all these guys by myself. Like, yeah. why would I put in the extra effort when I could just have you here? Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. I love the way that he 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 basically breaks in like he did in BVS, and like they did in Dark Knight Returns through the wall. Like, dude, yeah, I, I, I saw that. and I'm like, is that concrete? <laughs> <laughs> He's Batman, bro. <laughs> He's Batman. Um, but you would assume if they're in a warehouse, like a lot of those warehouses have shitty ass walls. I mean, yeah. we work at a place with some shitty ass walls. Yeah, we do. So, um, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool because that's like the one place you don't expect. But I was telling Clay that I we saw this in the Two Facebook, but I really enjoy that comics are starting to do this again, or at least these digital first, where Batman fights in the dark. Like, a, that's where he's the best, and people don't really use that. They're like, oh, Legend, just fight, you know, do whatever. He's the greatest or whatever. But he's the best in the shadows. And, like, he has infrared. He has night vision. He even says it in this. So he cuts the lights, and he has night vision. He could beat the shit out of everybody, which makes more sense when it comes to people with guns. You know what I mean? Because everybody's like, oh, how does he dodge bullets? And it's his cape and all this stuff. You don't know what you're sh- – when it's pitch black – you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You're just like, oh, shit, just shooting everywhere. But maybe you're really cool friends with the other goons, and you don't want to shoot the goons. So, you know, what are you going to do? And um, so you just see, like, this dub, like this panel of just a blam, 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 you know, basically Batman beating the shit out of everybody. No, it, it really reminds me of, like, Batman Begins, about his mm-hmm. training about, like, fighting in the shadows to instill fear. And yeah. To instill fear, you know? Yeah. And you're right. I think that 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 aspect of Batman has been lost mm-hmm. in recent comics because, oh, that's just one extra panel we don't need. Yeah. Well, I think it's something that you do need to really understand Batman. Yeah. You it's know? like the detective stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so after Batman's beat the shit out of everybody, Selina somewhat saves him because he's about to get shot. She knocks out a guy. And then she goes after the boss and uh, this is kind of where she kind of like lets loose 
because she reveals her identity to this guy. And um, not something you should do as a superhero or, you know, anti-hero or whatever. And he's like, oh, shit, Selena. Yeah. And she does that because she wants the information on where the warehouse is of basically this human trafficking guy. He's, He's trafficking these kids. And that's when we get, um, you know, we see Gordon out there. They're like, how did you find this place? And, you know, a reporter's asking. He's like, an anonymous tip. And so, and which is kind of sad because you see a little girl with a black eye. And, like, this one cop is, like, you know, uh, getting her out of the house. And uh, so we see Batman kind of saying, like, you didn't have to trick me if you needed help. Like, I would have helped you do this. And you you really feel like where selena is coming from she's like i'm not used to that like i'm used to running away i'm not used to people helping me like i've i've lived in an orphanage you know what i mean and yeah and like, she's she's like i don't have a home like i don't have yeah. a home like that was her biggest thing throughout this entire book and bruce says well maybe you do have a home it mm-hmm. may not be a place but it is gotham you know yeah. and which i really really liked i i love this this last page um it's kind of very like depressing the fact that she kind of just like runs away without him knowing yeah because he's still yeah, she talking Batman's him. and yeah. then he, and then she's like gone so it's just yeah. like oof. yeah so i thought this was really cool and yeah he just kind of gives like a little speech that you know um you know just because you're broken doesn't mean you're alone which i think is you know really true and i think it's some smart words like i think a lot of people feel like oh yeah, my life sucks and like nobody's going to help me. But that's not really the case. Like sometimes you just got to ask for help. And I think that's the biggest story here is I think we we often too, too, we too often see that heroes don't ask for help. They think they have to do everything on their own. And, you know, there's power in numbers. And like it's just like Batman, how he's always like, I'll do this on my own. But the Robins are like, we're fucking here, dude. Like, we're here to help you. Like we can literally take out all these people. Some of and... the most annoying Batman stories, I will say. Like yeah. it, it gets you so frustrated that he's like, "I have to do this by myself," and like everybody's just like, but "Is he serious?" Like, yeah. Like it's he's like, there's he, like five of us. He's trained how many people? Like, yeah. For real? Yeah, and it's usually in times of grief or whatever, like post Alfred's death and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's still like you wish he would kind of just get away from it. But you know, sometimes people fall into their bad habits when they're you know gr- grieving and stuff. So I don't know. Again, these digital firsts are amazing. They're pretty awesome. Um, I was glad to see that. I did not know this was drawn by that guy Ryan. Um, but I saw it on his Instagram because I've been following him for a while. Because. I don't know if he's an exclusive DC person or if he does a bunch of stuff, but he like draws on Twitch on Mondays, which I think is pretty cool. I've been oh, meaning to nice. jump in there and kind of like ask him like, hey man, like what do I do if I want to check out an artist or whatever? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still not having any luck there. Haven't got any emails back, but you know what? I think I'm going to reach out to um, uh, one of the persons in our Discord. I know I mentioned it to you that has a connection because their uncle oh, yeah. is uh, yeah. a pretty famous artist. So I'm I going completely to s- forgot about that. That yes. would be pretty legit. Yeah, so I'm going to see if I can get like at least an email back for some like questions answered. So I think that'll be pretty interesting. But we're about to get near two hours. So we're going to jump into this Justice Con stuff. And Clay's going to take the head here, the, the lead, because I 
didn't look at any of this. Yeah, so. I mean, there really wasn't a whole lot. I mean, because there, there's really three big things to talk about. Uh, two of them being what happened on Saturday, and one of them being the last panel on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, the very first one, which made a lot of news, a whole bunch of trades actually started making articles about it, uh, mm -hmm. was, of course, Ray Fisher talking again about Joss Whedon. Um, mm -hmm. He made comments about uh, Berg's comments as well, mm -hmm. but he didn't necessarily say anything about Jeff Johns. Now, ah. I think this is more so because Jeff Johns is pretty smart mm -hmm. in the sense of like, hey, if I shut the fuck up, people can't say shit about me. Yeah. Because I will tell you this. Johns has not been active on social media since I'm pretty sure after Rebirth. Yeah, he's been pretty silent. He has been well, pretty I, uh, since, silent. I think since the like start of production on Stargirl, he hasn't said anything. Yeah. Yeah, which was already like almost two years ago now. Yeah. So I think that's mostly why that is. Mm -hmm. But the really big thing was he was this was very much unexpected by the moderators and hosts of uh, Justice Con. He kind of mm -hmm. just like, hey, this is off the cuff. I'm, we're just going to be talking this conversation. And I think this wouldn't have ever happened if this was something that was uh made for like comic-con at home or company driven this was purely yeah. fan and so because it was fan based he said what he said which was he has been building a case on joss whedon for two years so since the since the production was over mm -hmm. he has been building that case hmm. uh he also said the reason why he is doing it the way he is is because he only has one mouth to feed, and that is himself, so he has less to lose, so he doesn't want anybody else getting involved if they don't have to. Mm -hmm. um, which, okay. Um, he also said something that I don't agree with, and kind of is self-destructive in a sense. Um, I, I still completely understand where he is coming from, and I wish him all the best. For, for his endeavors on going after Joss Whedon because I think Joss Whedon is a horrible human being. But mm -hmm. he has also talked about how he has gotten fired from a job before for creating a union. Uh, Ray or Joss? Ray. Mm -hmm. um, because there was something that was not very uh, well happening in this previous job and corporate on whatever job he was working at. He didn't say what job it was. Walmart, but, probably. But, but they saw that he was creating this union and he he got fired and mm -hmm. he actually got other people fired. And because of that, he said that he doesn't want to uh, endanger anybody from losing their job or, mm -hmm. you know, being able or losing the ability to take care of any kind of family that other people might have. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's kind of like no di nose diving into this. So that way he is the one that's up front taking the blow if you know, whatever happens. Yeah. But on like live on the stream, he said, Joss, if you end up watching this later, if you would like to sue me for slander and libel, please do so. Mm -hmm. Like that's straight stupid. up. But it also basically says, Hey, if I am lying, 
and mm-hmm. I am slandering your name, please sue me. Yeah. Basically saying, hey, I know that none of this is a lie, and this is all true, and you're scared to say anything. Mm-hmm. He said that Joss and uh, 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 I forgot his name already. Berg? Berg and Johns uh, should be scared. And I think it was mostly John, I mean, mostly Joss that he was saying mm-hmm. that to uh, because of the huge case that he has been making. That was yeah. the first big thing that blew up, like mm-hmm. just because of how off the cuff it was. And I didn't see any of that. He, he also said, you know, just like he gave some like non answers because people mm-hmm. were asking if he will be at fandom. He said he is unable to answer that question, which means he probably will be. And when they asked if he is being in the flash, he said, I am unable to answer that question. Mm. So to those, he may be, you know, in the flash and he may be in the live stream of DC fandom or the recorded, you know, because we don't know if it's going to be live or recorded. Yeah. Um, Well, after that, they're probably like, we're going to record your part. (laughs) So. uh, And then uh, the second thing was uh, Zack Snyder. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was that was the big thing on saturday of course we got the uh the small clip uh i know that i jumped into your live stream at the very end uh, and you know you you (laughs) notice the clip and you're like what that's it but people do seem to forget what i now found out he said this on grace randolph's stream or Mm -hmm. or her interview video or whatever was i'm bringing uh an announcement and I'm bringing something small for the fans. Mm-hmm. So that clip, you said, oh, we've already seen that before. It was actually a deleted scene from the theatrical cut. But the uh, the really big thing that a lot of people did not know of, and uh, me and some other friends already knew this, just because we you know, have seen it happen with other people that are talented in visual editing. Mm-hmm. Snyder himself said that they created the suit in in Justice League the way it was because he, they were trying to fight for the black suit and mm-hmm. WB did not want it. So they created the suit in a way that they could manipulate it in post if for one if for some chance WB like 20 years down the line said fine you can come out with your director's cut or whatever. And then he would manipulate it into a black suit. Mm. So the reason why it looks so off in the theatrical cut is he believes, or well, most people believe that Joss didn't know what to do with the weird color of Superman's suit. Mm -hmm. And so that's why in some scenes it looks kind of teal instead of blue. Well, Uh, the one thing I didn't like about the suit was those stupid metal plates under it. Yeah. Those are dumb. So... That is the parts where it's supposed to gloss on the black suit. Mm -hmm. And I think that Joss defined them too much to Mm -hmm. kind of like make a new thing with his suit. You know, I don't know. It it didn't look good at all. But uh, he also said that. um... Shit, what was I going to say? He said that he is not using any. Uh, footage from Joss Whedon's cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. He said that he would rather burn the entire movie to the ground 
uh, before he would ever use uh, Joss Whedon's film, uh, which everybody just like loved that. Mm-hmm. And then he discussed things like aspect ratios. So we learned that we're going to be visually seeing not only, you know, a completely new movie, but more of a new movie because of just mm-hmm. the aspect ratio. And that at DC Fandom, we will be getting a complete teaser trailer. So not just mm-hmm. a, not just like a small tease, but an actual trailer, as well as the announcement on whether it will be a series or a movie. I feel like it's going to be a series at this point. Yeah, I think it very much will be. Uh, and he also said that because of legal reasons as of right now, uh, the actual name is not ju- Zack Snyder's Justice League. But mm-hmm. he's trying to fight for that name, for mm-hmm. the actual title. Yeah. Uh, but then the last thing, uh, which happened on Sunday, Sean O'Connell uh, talked to the moderators of Justice Con on his live stream, talking about how the one thing that uh, that Zach sees his films as. And, like, Sean O'Connell, like, really blew this up out of proportion as far as, like, he was hyping this word up. He's like, oh, I have a special word for you guys that Zach, you know, was claiming for, for his films. And everybody was, like, super excited for it. And when mm-hmm. he said it, most of us were like, this is already known information. I don't know why he hyped it up this much. Mm-hmm. But for those who don't know, um, Zach sees his HBO Max experience as an Elseworld story. Mm-hmm. So... Meaning, anything that happens in his Snyderverse, quote-unquote, will not affect anything that happens theatrically. So he could kill Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. and it will not affect her theatrical appearance as Wonder Woman. Yeah. He could do anything. Um, And we, as fans of the Snyderverse, or who are pushing for a Snyderverse, see this as an opportunity for him to be create an actual like world and universe on HBO max, which I think would be pretty cool. Uh, but it doesn't get in the way of anything as far as theatrical releases and any plans that they have with that. So, yeah, I mean, I prefer it that way. Um, just because like I said, I've enjoyed where the DCEU is going and I would hate for Jessica Snyder's going to finally get his movie to start affecting any of that. Um, just because, I mean, they've already started retconning this stuff. And then what, you're going to just put it, put it all back, you know? Yeah, and like, and I and he's also said he's very excited for Wonder Woman 1984. He's very, he's very much looking forward to what Matt Reeves will do to Batman. He called uh, Matt Reeves a excellent uh, director. Uh, so I... I I see it as a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be very interesting. I have seen random shit. I, I, I feel like a lot of the nerd websites that are like, Ben Affleck's coming back for a trilogy or whatever, have now started saying that Ben if Ben Affleck comes back, it's just going to be for like a cameo in The Flash or some shit like that, or a cameo in something. Yeah, so uh, people, a lot of people, I will say this, um, if you've noticed the lack of the culture nerd, it's because um, they were basically cyberbullied into non-existence. Mm-hmm. Um, don't believe anything 
yeah. you hear about Ben Affleck. Um, there is huge rumors right now that Ryan Reynolds is returning as Green Lantern. Um, people believe that will be announced at DC Fandom. Uh, but they think that he will be Green Lantern for Zack Snyder's Justice League and not like the actual show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the whole thing with Ben Affleck, I think that Ben will return for Justice League. Like, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that he will return for Justice League. Maybe Zack can talk him into you know, seasons two and three to complete the, you know, trilogy, quote unquote, of what Zach wanted for, you know, the Justice League. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like, I don't expect him to be talked into, like, the script that he wrote to, like, do that movie or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. he will do the Batman film, or I think he will do the whole Justice League thing, but only under the aspect of, AT&T and HBO Max giving him the opportunity to create whatever he wants on HBO Max yeah. as a director. Yeah. I mean, it might be a good trade-off. I mean, like I say, he's in good shape right now. Um, but he's also a lot thinner than he was. He is a lot thinner. And somebody actually put uh, a page, or they put a picture of both Zach and Ben, like, mm-hmm. right before uh, Justice League was released. Mm-hmm. compared to where they are at now and both of them look like 10 times better yeah yeah so it's crazy um i mean they were both going through a lot of shit during that time too though yep um so yeah i mean i'm glad they're both in healthy healthy uh healthier spirits um i will say something i just saw recently before the podcast started was that the stunt uh stunt batman on suicide squad uh, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy that stands in for Ben Affleck said that there's actually way more Batman footage in yeah. that particular scene. Yeah, it's the it's the same guy who does. Uh, he, I think his like, I I don't know if it's his, his like handle or whatever, uh, but his name is like Stunt Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does the stunts for Ben, like on every single movie as far as like BBS, Justice League, and uh, and Suicide Squad. He said that there is a lot of footage for Suicide Squad, which I think is awesome. But one thing I also wanted to say, uh, the whole AS, ASFP, or AFSP, I think, the suicide prevention uh, mm-hmm. pro- thing that they do uh, with Ink, of, Ink to the People, the shirt yeah. campaigns. Uh, Zack Snyder actually created a shirt. And all of his shirt designs is like one giant like puzzle for people to like decode and everything. Mm-hmm. But the really cool thing is on the back of the shirt, it says associate producer and it has a white bar. Um, when these are announced at DC fandom, mm-hmm. there will be a 1000 free. So you will get it for free. The shipping is free. They're just going to send it to you. Or afterward, when all those run out, you can go to ink to the people, purchase it. And Zach and the person that helped him design the shirt will come out with a video to show you how to properly write your name on the back because mm-hmm. that's the whole point. Like, because people got this movie to get made, you know, with their campaigns and everything else, he is basically calling everybody an executive producer or an associate producer. Sorry. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I put on my Twitter handle, uh, 
well, not on my actual handle, on my bio, mm-hmm. it says like all my podcast information, and then it says associate producer Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> um, but yeah, that's insane. Um, I don't know, man. The Ray Fisher's kind of gangster. Um, I will say that for all that weed and stuff. Again, I mean, like we said with Tom King, I appreciate what Tom King's doing. I got, talking about it gets comics gate and i appreciate that ray's doing this too but i feel like there are certain ways you should go about doing things and i think if he's gonna get yeah. into a legal battle he I should think, really watch what he says yeah that was the one thing for me like i am completely okay with going after scumbags like mm-hmm. that is just something that is morally something that you should do but for you to warn the guy hey we're coming after you Mm-hmm. And we have two years worth of information on you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to say this. The dude is Joss Whedon. Before this, and before like all the shit that happened with his wife and everything else, he was a big name. The dude's probably got money. The dude can yeah. probably run somewhere. Yeah. You well, shouldn't say that. that shit. You know? Like, But at the same time, too, like, is whatever he's going to say incriminating you know what i mean like you can be an asshole you can be a dick doesn't mean you're a criminal yeah but he he has said that people from the production Mm -hmm. didn't say any names doesn't we don't know if those are actual like like on set stars or just people in the background but apparently people have offered to uh tell their story if need be Mm-hmm. And that's when Ray was like, I don't want anybody to take the blame or to put themselves in danger of losing jobs unless absolutely necessary. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's those rumors of Joss locking Gal Gadot into, you know, a dressing room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are thinking that maybe Gal is wanting to talk. People are thinking that Momoa will eventually want to talk. And I just don't know. Yeah, like, I think there's just way too many things on the line right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing will come out until after DC fandom for sure. Yeah. And I don't even think Gal would want to say anything until Wonder Woman 1984 is a done deal. Yeah. I feel like Gal and Momoa had so much more to lose than Ray Fisher. Yeah, and I you think... You know what I mean? And, and that's what he said, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I... That was one of the biggest things that I picked up on was the fact that he said, I only have one mouth to feed. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, they both have families. The, the dude is, is he's a chillax dude. I mean, Mm -hmm. but he spends most of his days, of course, trying to hustle and and get jobs or whatever, but you've seen him. He's just like a casual Twitch streamer. He's just a casual dude. And so, I think that he's kind of living living that bachelor life, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't get a job, then it's just one of those days where he doesn't get a job, you know. Yeah. As far as acting goes, so mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I mean, I applaud him. Like, if he if he believes so strongly in it that he's gonna he's willing to put his career on the line, I I really respect that. But I just hope he's not. I hope he's not throwing away his career for this. You know what I mean? Especially, yeah. especially if it's not going to do anything, that would be the worst because like, look, I've, I've unfortunately met a lot of people that have went to the police or have went to courts and stuff to try to get things done. 
And if you don't have like just blatant, it's usually if you don't got like video. If you don't got like blatant crazy evidence, it goes nowhere. And so it would suck that if he brings all this stuff out and it's just like, all right, Josh Whedon's a dick. Okay, yay, we kn- we knew that. Like, and then and then he just gets like fucking railroaded after that. Yeah, that and I mean, sucks. I will say this, you know, one thing that was very noticeable this last weekend was Joss Whedon's panel got pulled from Comic Con at Home. Yeah, I saw that. So, it's doing something. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I'm not saying that it won't, um, but again, like I said, we, we've seen what cancel culture can do, but when it goes into the courts, that's a whole different story. For sure. And um, yeah, and maybe Ray Fisher is trying to taunt him. He's like, yeah, sue me. Like, Go ahead and sue me, because then I can say all this stuff legally, because you're suing me. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what he's trying to do. But like, we, I mean, uh, we're actually, WB is... It seems like they're a studio that really doesn't care about controversy. So it seems like yeah, Ray's kind of fine. Especially after that shit with J.K. Rowling. They're like, hey, yeah. uh, you know, she's helped us in the past with a lot of money. And uh, yeah. she has her own views. And we have ours. And we value you. But we value her. And yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody's happy. Cool. Yeah. So it looks like he has that on his side. So I don't think he will get railroaded. Especially if he's going to be in the Flash movie. Like, for sure. Because if that's the case, then if that movie comes out and it's a huge hit, nobody's going to give a fuck about all this. Everybody's just going to forget. I mean, if if fucking Chris Brown can come back and still make music out of after beating the shit out of Rihanna, I'm pretty sure this will get swept under the rug. You know what I mean? It's unfortunate, but Hollywood forgets bad shit. I wouldn't even be surprised if Joss Whedon got another film. You know what I mean? Like, even after drama. Like, it's just it's just kind of how it is. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll, it, it's a stupid, it's stupid drama, but at the same time, you sometimes you have to go to, you have to go through stupid shit to make things better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens, but, uh, that's it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed all of the digital first. We talked about suicide squad, other stuff, um, and drama talk. Apparently that's what we talked about on the <laughs> podcast, but we, at the same time, we try to clarify this stuff for you because we know there are a lot of people out there that just see this shit on Instagram and they're like, Oh, and we're like, no, that's don't believe that. And we want to try to bring you as much. We're not saying we're, we're 100% right. We're giving you our opinions on what we hear as well, but we try to vet stuff a little bit better than Instagram profiles and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we just want to bring you the news. Hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. Yeah, and we and have come back less up. than one month away from DC fandom. Just saying that. Yeah. So, um, that I'm pretty sure that week's podcast will be all of that. Um, hopefully there's no Batman comics that week. Cause that would be kind of rough. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll do that, but yeah, definitely come back next week. It is going to be our year anniversary for Batman news weekly 50. It'll be episode 52. And uh, hopefully we get a good Batman issue to talk about and some other stuff. And maybe maybe even some Batman news. Come on, Matt Reeves. You got to do it for Batman News Weekly. Drop something. Um, but that is going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. Clay, what do you got on this week, man? So on Fanboy Comics Podcast, I did take a week off just because it was a fifth week of the month. Um, but I am jumping back into it with, uh, of course, the Show and Jump Saturday show. And also, I might reduce my episode count for each week because i am finally finally mustering up the courage just because of the motivation that i got from the nerd queens 
and Wonder Meg, who hosted uh, Justice Con, to do something on my own, which is something that I've always wanted to do with podcasting, is uh, I'm going to write out some of these comics that I've wanted to do audiobooks for. And so I'm uh, writing them out script-wise. And then I am getting some friends together to uh, create them audibly. So nice. uh, that will be a huge production that I can see lasting probably three months or so. So are you going to be doing like a series and just doing that one series or are you doing multiple? So I think I'm going to be starting off with indie comics. I think mm-hmm. one of the big titles that I've always wanted to play with first is uh, Go Go Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to do the first volume first uh, just to see how it goes. Uh, we're going to test out the first issue, play around with that, see how long that goes. I can see the first issue probably taking uh, probably a two to three month thing. Uh, and then seeing how people like that. Mm-hmm. And then I will do probably volume by volume. I won't do like multiple things at a time at, at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these first couple of projects, I've already told some of the people who might be interested that I'll have to unfortunately do that for free for now, but I eventually yeah. want to get something, uh, to where I will be able to pay some of my voice actors, which I plan nice. on doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I already have things planned out for them. Uh, but I eventually want to get to that point because the one big thing was creating these for people who are vision impaired, who can't enjoy comics normally, like we normally yeah. do. And for parents who want to introduce comics to their kids so they can read along. Uh, nice. So that's really the big thing for me. That's pretty awesome, man. Good, good project. Um, yes, for me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Twitch has been kind of, it's gonna, it's kind of on a slow, uh, turn right now, because as I mentioned at the start of this podcast, uh, I am currently redoing my stream room, and, uh, I have just a lot of stuff everywhere, and I just don't feel comfortable streaming when the stream room isn't set back up. So, I've been streaming about once a week, you can still go over to twitch.com slash juice from the box, go hit that follow button, turn on notifications so you know when I go live. Uh, more than likely will be streaming this weekend at some point if not i'll be streaming mondays um but uh yeah so you got that uh one of the biggest things i've been doing a lot lately is tiktok if you want to come see my stupid videos on tiktok <laughs> definitely clay clay watches them uh but uh they're just ridiculous they're fun it's a place for me to actually just make content and one of the interesting things that i plan on doing it uh i know clay just mentioned he's doing a project too but I'm actually going to start doing, since I started cleaning my stream room, I've realized I have so much shit I don't need. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to see what I can sell to start making money to produce my comic book. Um, because I just want to really try to raise funds and see what I can do to finally produce my comic book and hopefully hire an artist. I just let a friend of mine that uh, does not really read comic books, read my comic book, said he really enjoyed it. And uh, it just kind of gives me the confidence to really trying to work more to actually getting it produced. So, uh, yeah, I'm more than likely to be starting a series uh, about, one, fixing my stream room. If you guys want to check that out, go follow my Twitch. I mean, I'm, my TikTok. And then, of course, starting this new thing about possibly uh, raising money to sell. Uh, I mean, to make my comic book made. So definitely go check that out. Um, and then, of course, YouTube, as always. You can check that out. But uh, that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoyed this super-packed episode that we have for you with a bunch of comics and news. But as always, I am your host, Juicebox. He is Fanboy Clay. And as always, Batman is awesome. Batman!